afternoon or good evening and welcome to the vanguard for spike the silverback gorilla cohen i am matt Wright, and together we are traversing the muddied waters of freedom that feels like a personal attack because i'm sure some of the hair on my back is gray and that's really no one's business hey everybody how are you doing it's good to talk to you tonight on this tuesdastic tuesday tuesdastic Tastic. We've already got Shane Sweeney. Oh, good. Shane, Shane Sweeney. Sweeney in the comments over on the YouTube. Hey, Shane, you dry age any tilapia tonight? Huh? Tilapia is better than salmon 2020 is his hashtag tonight. Oh, is it? Is that is that why we both watched the same video where someone dry aged a bunch of different types of, of uh, delectables uh, and some tilapia and uh, said that the salmon was perfection and the tilapia was all right. 
Is that why you said that, Shane? I guess that's why he said that. Good to have he you says, here. He says, no, nah, I don't play with my food. Uh, so, okay. I don't know. That's what he says. Okay. Yeah. Fair Fanny. enough. Fair Fanny. enough. Well, welcome everyone to this Super Tuesday. Oh, we weren't going to say, yeah, we're not going to say that. But the Super, no. it's a Super Tuesday-tacular. It's Super Tuesday-rific as well. Super twos rific, super twos stastic. It's a twos rific, twos tacular. It is not super twos ga- gamut, gasmic, super twos gasmic. It is not here anyway. No, I'm sure it is here. somewhere. Sadly, not here. Right. First and foremost, allow me to thank Benjamin Daniel Morris Chestnut the sixth. Morris Chestnut. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> for the kava that I'm drinking on today's episode. And allow me to thank Kroger, uh, Benjamin, Matt, Mackay Pfeiffer, Kroger, <laughs> for um, this purified drinking water because I, I ran out of the aquapana I'd been drinking for a week and a half. Uh, aquapana. Oh, was... aquapana. 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 It was so good, too. That water was like candy. Bulavanaka. <laughs> oh, Bulavanaka. Bulavanaka. To Mackay Pfeiffer. <laughs> to Benjamin Daniel Morris Chestnut. Morris the Chestnut. Freaking, you know, Aguapana <laughs> Lorenz Tate. I would <laughs> miss, miss that. Um, so, yeah. So, uh, we already have some results. We're going to be going over some other of the week's events, most of which happened like yesterday. Uh, but the um, already have some results uh, coming in. But before we get to all that... Before we get to all that, Matt, this episode is brought to you by the Libertarian Party Dad Bod Calendar, featuring the sexiest libertarian men that are allowed to be sent through the Postal Service, uh, and uh, including myself right there, Mr. April, the sweet summer boy Spike Cohen himself. And uh, yeah, so uh, you can go to libertariandadbod.com. It's only $12, including shipping. And uh, you can hang uh, me and all of the other sexy libertarian men from your fridge or wherever you would hang sexy libertarian men from your home, libertariandadbod.com. $12. This episode is also brought to you by the Libertarian Party Waffle House Caucus, the fastest growing caucus that is illegally using the logo of a major corporation. Uh, and, uh, and we are growing faster than ever before. Also, be sure to buy our buttons. $2 for a little button. $5 for a big button. Matt? Yep. Get your buttons for the Libertarian Party Waffle House Caucus today. Today. and uh, Today. 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 And uh, also, uh, get yourself a Libertarian Dad Bod calendar. It makes the perfect accessory to any at-home office where Spike can just sit over your Directly shoulder. Directly behind you. Like, I don't know if yeah. Right yeah. There. Right right, right behind Matt is you're looking at five different spikes, all five of the spikes. Like we said in the last episode, this is actually a very advanced political compass. Um, It's actually kind of accurate how, how scary, how accurate that is. But yeah. Um, Yeah. Be sure to, to go and get that. The kids will love it. The kids will say, Hey, thanks for bringing these middle-aged, mostly nude men into our home. Dad, mom, Thanks. Very accurate. This is helping me with my emotional development as a child. 
and I'm grateful for that. So be sure to pick that up. And uh, oh, also uh, our friend, um, our friend Justin Tucker. Uh, if I'll, I'll put his GoFundMe in the notes. He is a, a supporter and follower of ours. Uh, he's also a really great guy. He's uh, been very involved with the Libertarian Party of Chicago. Um, he had a, a fire in his apartment a couple weeks ago. Lost literally everything, everything but like the clothes on his back. And uh, and so we have a go uh, or a, a GoFundMe has been uh, set up to help uh, him with his uh, trying to get back on his feet, find a place to live, get some clothes and furniture and stuff like that. And uh, so be sure to help with that. Also, uh, I'm sure most of you or a lot of you know that there were some really devastating uh, fires in um, uh, or fires, uh, very devastating tornadoes in the Nashville area and the surrounding area of Middle Tennessee. Um, last I thought night, you were go- I thought you were going to go with the tornadoes, and then you said fires, and I was like, I don't know where were there fires. I just I said fires. Them. There's no, there was thankfully there were no fires, but there were there was a terrible tornado. Uh, many people died. An entire, uh, uh, many homes were destroyed. A lot of, I think there are still people missing. Uh, an absolutely devastating. Um, there was a uh, an entire homeless community that was completely wiped out. Uh, absolutely devastating. And so the Libertarian Party of Tennessee is actually going uh, to. Uh, they're collecting donations right now. They're doing a fundraiser where they're going to work in concert with local charities and local uh, groups that are helping people there and go out and also help themselves. Uh, uh, help go out themselves and help with the people uh, that need the help there with the tornadoes. And so if you go to, and I'll put this in the notes as well, but if you go to lptn.org slash donate, uh, and then when you make your donation, uh, it, it will, uh, in your little prompt where you're donating, it will ask you what it's for. Uh, be sure to put for tornado relief. Um, if you want to donate just for general stuff as well, you certainly can. But if you're wanting to donate specifically for the tornado relief, uh, put in the byline that it's for uh, tornado relief, and that will go directly to the people that are on the ground helping with the tornado relief there. So, um, so those are two things. If you were looking to be helpful today for people, uh, those uh, uh, that uh, those are things that you can help with. Our uh, top fan, Robin Dominic, says uh, Vermin is my birthday month. Glad I wasn't born in November. If for no other reason. Then you get to have Vermin as he's what October, right? Yeah, he was October, yeah. and uh, a Scorpio's delight. Let me put it that way. Uh, absolutely, absolutely beautiful, uh, absolutely beautiful thing that that Vermin did there. Um, so you'll all definitely enjoy that. Uh, we're already getting some up up updates from Chris Reynolds, uh, personal injury attorney, Chris Reynolds, attorney at law, uh, who's also a top fan. Mega mega fan, mega fan. What's the He's thing that fan. you can't actually that really only Sarah can be? Super fan, super super fan, super fan. I mean, really, no one else can do. So Chris said, um, uh, Pete currently has more delegates than Warren, which is hilarious. So because he's not in the race anymore, right. um, <laughs> so ton of updates already goodness yeah so many updates already um we probably should have started this show at seven uh but as we all know it's super tuesday it's why we're all here it's what we're all interested in mm-hmm. um so far biden has won even though the polls just closed not long ago uh virginia which was called literally 30 seconds after those polls closed <laughs> 
North Carolina, which was about 15 minutes. Right. And Alabama, Alabama, right? That's the one that just came in. Uh, yes. Yeah. And yes. Alabama, um, Bernie has won Vermont, which is, which I mean, comes as absolutely zero shock. To total shock to nobody. Total shock um, to no one. But we've got we've got a lot of good stuff tonight. We've got a lot of so much information and some other stories that don't actually have anything to do with uh with Super Tuesday, oh, but they happen this week. They happen this week. So, you know, this is what we do on this show. We 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 parse through the week's events with the cheer and a plum of the what are we, winter waverns or something? I, man, I don't know. What what alliterative I, homoerotic thing are we for this season? Anyway. We're just nice men that are sharing <laughs> things with you. <laughs> so, so, like the nice men that we are. Um, oh, also with 100% reporting, uh, big blowout there in American Samoa. Uh, Matt was very excited about this one. Michael Bloomberg wins in American Samoa out of nowhere with 50% of the American Samoan vote, Matt. Yes, with the American Bloomberg winning American Samoa. American Samoa. Honestly, did not see that one coming. No one did. No, not even a little bit on that one. Even the people that um, voted for him. No. They all were like, oh, you did too? Wow. So we're going we're gonna to kind of discuss a couple of different models and a couple of different uh, theories that we have for tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, we won't know if we're right or not tonight. And we'll get into why later. Yeah. But because delegate counts are... We're, we're going to know who wins almost every state, but we aren't going to know delegate counts, obviously, until after everything's counted and sorted out and people have stopped fighting each other. Um, and uh, so there are a lot of different ways that this can go. We think we know which way it's going. And, and have said so from the beginning. And have said so from the beginning. And yeah. we're very, very rarely wrong. It's kind of scary, actually. It is kind of scary. We've been we've been doing, we've been killing it on elections. Um, in life, we are often wrong. Oh yeah, all in, the time. In politics, very rarely. The outside we of politics, it goes start a downhill. Podcast in, <laughs> in the two thousands. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um. But so. Right now, like, well, earlier today, not right now, models have changed. But earlier today, models showed that Biden could get as many as 630 delegates or as few as 341, which is a huge swing. That is a big swing. That is a huge, huge swing. And Sanders could get as few as 325 or as many as 608. Also a large swing. Yes, very large swing. Um, Obviously, we're going to know. We're going to know after all of today's votes have been counted, which because of California could take a week (laughs) brought to you by shadow. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, at least with California, it makes sense. Right. It's because their system's actually designed to obfuscate. Right. Right. It's because their system is designed to kind of, it's kind of designed for the voter. It's not designed for the people like us who are nerds who want to find out. Want to find out what happened, right? Right. Um, But in California, uh, most of Californians vote by mail, and ballots only need to be postmarked by election day 
So that means they have up until today to vote. So it's going to be like two days from now before they even have all the... And and, and in fact, even possibly more, because California is a large, a pretty large state. Right. So, I mean, we're looking at maybe three days. I mean, I don't know how long it takes the mail to get around there, but maybe two or three days for all of the votes to come in. Yeah, they're looking at uh, possibly Friday for having all of the votes, which means next week on our show with whatever elect, whatever primaries are going on that day, we will probably be able to announce California probably, as well. Probably. But we would probably. have thought that with Iowa, too. And it turned out, right. no. No. No, absolutely not. Um, but so California is going to hold up everything. So we're they're probably going to announce a winner. I'm not going to give that a guarantee, uh, but we're going to, we can't really say who wins California and at what state or at right. what rate. Right. Um, currently, currently, we have it predicted that it's going to be a close race with Biden and Bernie getting roughly 465 delegates each from today. Now, that can fluctuate. 470, 450, you know, whatever. Um, right. But it's going to be somewhere around there. We think we think that Biden is going to take the majority of those. Right. Um, Bloomberg and Warren coming, they're going to come in somewhere with the low 200s, high 100s. And even that's kind of questionable. Um, yeah, it, it, it looks like, especially for Warren, but Bloomberg and Warren are pretty much in there as spoilers for, you know, Bloomberg being a spoiler for Biden and Warren being a spoiler for right. Sanders. And Warren really being a spoiler for, for Sanders because Bloomberg can dump endless reams of money and stay competitive just by, you know, inundating the airwaves. Warren is truly limping to the to the convention in the hopes that she'll for some reason get picked in a brokered convention which i don't see what her calculus there is except she's the only woman left that isn't tulsi gabbard so i don't i don't see why she would think that would happen but that's i mean she's truly just playing spoiler like and and i'm sure biden's happy she's still in the race because she's just making that that much harder for bernie to get the majority of delegates before the convention Right. And right after the South Carolina uh, primary, she came out and attacked Bernie, which I thought was I thought that was a really odd choice for her. Well, she's trying to get his um, votes, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, she she attacked Bernie. She goes, we don't need senators who have been there for 40 years and haven't accomplished anything. Oof. I can't remember the exact wording she used, um, but she just, she went hard after Bernie saying he has done absolutely nothing as a Senator and has never gotten anything done and or passed. And that's not the kind of leadership we need in Ouch. Washington. So she's Ouch. going hard after Bernie and she could have seen that the Joe Mentum was a real thing. So that way she kind of, figured she would just kind of push that train oh. along. Oh. If she yeah. stays in, makes it harder for Bernie, and also she's got con- uh, uh, progressive cred making her a potential VP pick. 
both because yeah. she appeals to progressives, probably not as much now, uh, but previously appealed to progressives, and also because she like basically kamikaze Bernie. Right. That'd be a matchup, huh? But as we all know, over the weekend, shortly after uh, the South Carolina primary, mm-hmm. uh, Mayor Pete Booty Judge mm-hmm. uh, he dropped out. Yep. The next day, Amy or Tom Steyer dropped out the night of. Yep. Uh, which, personally, I think it's because that video was leaked of him and Juvenile backing that ass up. Back that ass up. You know, if he had done it well, again, we've talked about this with Mayor Blackface, with uh, our Governor Blackface, um, Governor Northam, Blackface. Northam, that, right. you know, he says the reason he was doing Blackface was to uh, dance as Michael Jackson, to impersonate Michael Jackson. The only person to ever use shoe polish to impersonate a man who is actually whiter than Ralph Northam. Uh, but he, he said that he did the whole dance, and... Matt and I are pretty sure he does it well because when they asked him mm-hmm. if he could do it, he got super excited about it. And his wife, his kinda, eyes lit he, up. I, I know that. And I've said this many times, like I know how to dance. So when people say to me, Oh, can you know, Oh, you can dance, do it now. I get like excited because I know people don't expect that I'd be able to dance. And then I like get to dance and like, and I know they're gonna be like, Oh my gosh, she's such a good dancer. He had that same look on his face. Like I'm about to show the world how great I can I, dance. I get to show off the fact that I can moonwalk. That I can moonwalk. Right. And his wife was like, no, it's not appropriate. And he's like, oh. No, she, again. Well, yeah, exactly. There's some controversy as to what she exactly in, said. Yeah. Inappropriate circumstances. That was the sentence. Inappropriate circumstances. And we don't, know so if she, was, we don't know if she was saying inappropriate circumstances or if she was saying inappropriate circumstances. Either right. way, she was Wait. not, did not want him dancing then. No, she did not. She but I think that, that was very inappropriate. If he's as good as as we think he is, then she screwed him up there. Because if he had gotten out there and nailed the moonwalk, and then the he and the whole thing, like could actually and do the double spin and all that stuff, and the kick and everything, all would have been forgiven, or most have, would have been forgiven. A lot would have been forgiven. A lot of people yeah, would have been lot. like, "Well, he really nailed that 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 moonwalk, though." Similarly. If Tom Steyer had gotten out there and, you know, showed off his his twerk team black girl magic, then, you know, it, it could have worked for him. But no, Tom Steyer has zero black girl magic. Um, and uh, and it showed. Um, and so he's out of the race. Uh Um, with zero, with zero percent reporting in North Carolina, uh, Biden got thirty three percent. Sanders got twenty six. Warren with, got twelve. With zero percent reporting, zero percent reporting according to Decision Desk HQ. That is, um, that's a it's a low sample. Now, none of whatever happens tonight does not seem to change the fact that nobody is going to get the necessary nineteen hundred ninety one delegates. Yep in order to win on the first round. Right. It is going to go to the second. Biden could possibly have a good enough day, which would push him through the, uh, which would push him through the rest of the primaries in order to get the 2375 or whatever it is. I can't remember off the top of my head, 2375 with the super delegates 
in the second round, but he is not going. I don't think anybody's going to reach the 1991 uh, for the first round. No, it's it's uh, what it's what now like uh like a, a a six in nine chance that no one gets it or something like that. Uh, it went down a little bit today. Okay. It went down a little bit today, and it's uh like actually yeah, it's like six and ten now. So it just went down slightly. So it's like, yeah, I mean it, the 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 odds are no one's gonna get the majority of delegates, um, right? But if someone really pulls away. Interesting results here. I know that they're very, very little counted so far. Uh, at fi- in Texas, uh, with five percent in, uh, Bernie is leading uh, Biden twenty-seven to twenty-five, with Bloomberg getting twenty. Uh, in Massachusetts, which is literally right next door to Vermont, and is the state that Liz Warren lives in, Bernie San or uh, Joe Biden ahead. Now this is with only two percent reporting, but he's ahead thirty-five to twenty-four uh, against Bernie Sanders. Liz Warren coming in third right now at twenty-two percent. Matt, I have to think that those results might flip up a little bit. Yeah, I'm gonna. I, I'm just gonna go ahead and guess that. that. One, I don't see that one uh, hanging out too long, but but if it does. <laughs> uh, if he takes Massachusetts and it's and over. and similarly similarly in Maine which uh it doesn't border Vermont but it's right there next to it um I mean, all it's just New Hampshire tiny state in between. yeah there's yeah a tiny sliver of a state called New Hampshire in between it uh uh with also with two percent reporting uh Joe Biden with 38 percent uh to Bernie Sanders 32 percent with Bloomberg in third at 14%. Now, just keeping in mind how pathetic Liz Warren remaining in this race is right now from a trying to get delegates in the actual election standpoint, because that's clearly not what she's not what she's doing. I mean, even in her, in her press releases now, it's talking about how she thinks she she's confident she's going to be picked by the delegates in a brokered convention, Um, which is sort of what Buttigieg was saying until, and, and Klobuchar were saying before they, they 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 got knuckled down hard by someone because they both dropped out and endorsed Joe. Um, but uh, uh, so I mean, she's coming in third in her state, coming in fourth. We presume because it only shows the top three here on five thirty eight. May, maybe Gabbard's ahead of her uh, in in Maine, which is literally right next door to Massachusetts. Um, again, I have to think these results might change. Two percent's not a lot. Uh, with four uh, percent reporting, Joe Biden is ahead uh, twenty-four to, uh, to both Bloomberg and um, uh, Bernie have twenty percent each, and he has twenty-five. Uh, with again zero percent reporting in Alabama, Joe Biden ahead fifty-one to eighteen, with Bloomberg in second and Bernie in third, uh, and then with four percent in in Tennessee. Uh, oh. Bernie, Biden, and Bloomberg are basically in a statistical tie at 24%. In Tennessee? In Tennessee, yeah. So uh, now, according to North Carolina exit polls, uh, Biden still has a problem with young voters. Uh, Preliminary data suggests Sanders crushed him with 54% to 21% among 17 to 29-year-olds, which is not surprising at all. No, no. 
and they virtually tied among voters 30 to 44, but between 45 and 64 went for Biden 47% to 18%. Yeah, there's a huge generational gap in Democrat voters. You've got your your anti and older than that was actually 55 to uh 55 to 8. So you what you're looking at there is people who are 45 to 60 45 and up have been taught socialism is bad. Anybody that calls himself a socialist <laughs> is bad. Even though they vote for social even though they and Republicans vote for socialism and big government every time they vote the word socialism bad right yep yep every time but they hear <laughs> socialist socialism they say they can't support that because socialism's bad right which we agree don't yep. get us wrong yep. we agree but that is why you're seeing that trend as it gets younger more and more people are willing to vote for it because they aren't being taught that that is bad anymore well, um, they're hearing that the current system is free market capitalism, which it is not. Which it is not. And they are getting screwed by this free market capitalism because when, you know, they're making not much more than their parents and grandparents made at their age. And the cost of housing is 10 times higher than it was, uh, you know, when their parents and grandparents were their age. And the, the cost of education is 30 times higher and the cost of health care is 20 times higher. They can't afford it. Uh, and they're having to compete with robots uh, and, and losing their jobs to robots while their uh, parents and grandparents are telling them to pull themselves up by the bootstraps like they did back when the house cost, you know, three grand. And, uh, yeah. and you know, they were they were making, you know, six bucks an hour. But, you know, that house cost three grand. Um, and so, you know, they're being told, oh, Bernie's going to destroy free market capitalism. And they say, OK, good. And they go, oh, well, but we're going to have to pay all these taxes. That's fine. I'm fine fine. with Gammy paying lots of taxes. And so that's, I mean, that's, that's, you're seeing a generation that has been millennials and, and, and Gen Z have been completely left behind by this, you know, big government corporatist economy and uh, to the benefit uh, of their parents and grandparents, especially their grandparents uh, to their direct detriment. And so they're voting for something that they feel is a punishment to those people. Um, so it's, it is very much a generational war being played out in the Democratic primary and in, and in the election in general, because a lot of those Democratic primary voters, uh, if Bernie gets it, are going to vote for Trump. And a lot of those Democratic primary voters, if Biden or Bloomberg or some other establishment uh, candidate get it, are going to vote for <laughs> Vermin Supreme or not show up or vote Green Party or vote, you know, democratic socialists or whatever vote something else or not vote um so it's it's a, it's, it's a tough time to be a uh, in the leadership of the democratic party it is a very tough time um so we've got five possibilities that could happen tonight many of which uh are already happening <laughs> um not, none of them are uh good for well so None of how this looks to be playing out is good for Sanders. Um, so, first, we are obviously correct. That's the number one thing. Uh, Biden edges out Bernie by a handful of delegates tonight. We're looking at 468, 450, somewhere in that range. Um, this is going to hurt Bernie. But he can bounce back, especially with Joe Biden being Joe Biden. Yes. Which we'll show you some stuff later. Um, when we say here's how Bernie can win this thing, 
We're actually serious because up until the end, Bernie can actually win this thing. Right. Um, Possibly. And then Bloomberg and Warren will get 150 to 270 each. You can split that however you want. I don't really, right. I don't really care. Um, Doesn't matter. Number two, yeah. Biden wins huge. He's going to be uh, raking in over 600 delegates. Bernie will stick right around the lower 400s. And then uh, Bloomberg and Warren, 50 to 215. Um, the third, Bernie wins huge, which it does not look like that's going to be happening. Mm-hmm. No. And uh, Bernie wins huge, brings in about 600 delegates, which could happen if he wins Texas and California, Colorado and Utah. Um, I don't see that happening. I, not I think Texas. he's going to win Colorado yeah texas is the one that's a question yeah um biden brings in around 450 and then bloomberg and warren split 60 to 220 somewhere in there um number four biden and bernie both clean up warren and bloomberg get next to nothing 35 to 140 ish uh and both carry both uh biden and bernie carry around 580 that's actually pretty likely that is that that is exceptionally likely. It, but Bloomberg appears to be doing better than yeah. I thought in some of these states already. Like American um, Samoa. American Samoa. Yeah, you killing it in American Samoa. And number five. No, well, this isn't going to happen. But uh, Bloomberg and Warren win big, and Biden and Bernie each get less than four hundred delegates, giving them the majority on the day. But. Bloomberg and Warren get 250 to 300. That's the least likely to happen, but the most entertaining would be that happening. I, oh God, that would be amazing. If this be so became fun. a true four-way race, that would be easily the most entertaining television that doesn't involve nudity or penetration. Um, I, Honestly, possibly even more. I mean, you know, sex is great and all, but have you ever seen a four-way Democratic primary? Huh? So, uh, I mean, breaking news: Jeb Bush. Jeb Bush <laughs> wins it all. Oh, I need Jeb to Bush get... wins it all today. Wins every single state in American Samoa. Speaking of which, uh, real quick, uh, Sarah Tonin. Before I forget, uh, says, uh, "How come American Samoa can vote and not Puerto Rico?" So they actually neither of them can vote in the actual election, but they can vote in the primary. So Puerto Rico is going to be voting later on this month in the democratic primary. So they do vote in the primary, uh, but not in the election, which is kind of a sting. You get to pick who runs, but then you don't get to pick, but you don't get to pick who wins, who actually wins. Right. Who's going to be your ruler. Uh, it is what, uh, what it is. Uh, uh, Dave Jones says, thank you, Spike. It's uh, rough here in Tennessee. Many folks displaced and in need of help. Donate if you can and help show we can help folks without the threat of government force. Exactly. When people say to us, without government, who would you know help the poor, help the needy? The answer is we will. Um, and we need to show that. Uh, uh, will uh, McElveen says, no shoe on head, boot maybe. Uh, we all know Dementia Joe is winning the nod, shoe on head. I will put the shoe on my head when the couch auction starts, not a second before. Um, let's see. Um, will McE- McElveen again says, one thing is sure, Shane Sweeney will back the next one to drop out for the Libertarian Party nomination. That is correct. That's Shane Sweeney has been uh, impressively, uh, in fact, Shane put uh, Steiner for LP POTUS uh, hashtag. Um, 
Shane Sweeney, uh, in addition to being wrong about fish, is uh, also trying to uh, actively recruit uh, failed Democrats to join Lincoln Chafee in uh, running for the Libertarian Party nomination as a failed Democrat. Um, and I mean, listen, if, if we're going to go with Chafee, why not go with Buttigieg? Buttigieg is gay. Uh, what else do we have here? Um, I believe that was my uh, custom Chris Reynolds, personal injury attorney, Chris Reynolds. Oh, is that the sound of a pen. Chris Reynolds pen? You can you can tell because it's a solid drop. It's a, it's solid, a solid drop. It's a good it's a pen. Solid drop. Yeah, that thing just flew right on out of my hand. Yeah, it's, um, I I got I've uh, I got my pen and I have one of his. Um, oh, there's a name. It's the whatever the brand is, but it's the the water bottles. This thing. Yes. All Nalgene. of his stuff is, no, no, no. It's not that. It's a. It's like thin and. Oh, uh, the I know which ones you're talking about. But anyway, I can't think of it. everything he gave us. I mean, usually when you get swag from people, it's nice that they gave it to you, but it's not always the best quality. But it's you know free stuff that from your friend or whatever. Everything, all of the Chris Reynolds stuff is like, it's quality, <laughs> like top quality is- stuff. I'm not going to lie. This is my favorite shirt. Yeah. It's a really nice shirt. I try to only wear it on Tuesdays because I like to have it on for the show. I know. I keep forgetting. I keep forgetting to put it on, but I I have, I have the three shirts and I, I absolutely, they fit amazingly. He needs a V neck option so you can show off your chest mane. I mean, I can always just pull it down. That's true. You know, it's give me a nickel and I I pull it down. That's how it works. Um, Um, uh, do you want to do Cuomo or do you want to do Biden? Let's, let's knock out the Cuomo thing real quick. So right. in, in New York, uh, over uh, actually last night, uh, in the dead of night, it was like one in the morning that they passed this thing. <clears throat> the New York uh, Senate passed their Cuomo virus bill uh, where they basically give uh, uh, for, it, it, the, the main part is they uh, passed a $40 million emergency spending measure. Uh, to help with the spread of the coronavirus, they've had two, at least two confirmed cases, and it's a forty million dollar slush fund that they've given to Cuomo uh, to basically use as he sees fit to battle the coronavirus uh, pandemic uh, in New York. That's not even the beginning to be the worst part of it. Uh, there's a problem with the verbiage of, of the bill because it says that Cuomo would be granted unlimited authority to rule by executive order superseding local and agency authority and state authority uh, during any declared state emergency, uh, including instances as vague as a storm or as infrequent as volcanic activity. It authorizes him to suspend any law he deems fit and to basically operate as an autocratic dictator without any uh, uh, consultation from the legislature, uh, as well as to determine what qualifies as a public health emergency. So not only is he allowed to do whatever he wants in the case of a public health emergency, he's allowed to define what is a public health emergency. And they gave some guidance on it. It's anything that could potentially lead to the the loss of many lives. Well, that's anything that could be, I'm going to suspend everyone's right to own a gun because of the potential for loss of lives. It's a public, I mean, we've been hearing for a while from the anti-gun people that it's a public health emergency just the sheer number of of guns on the street uh the way this is worded he could absolutely you know just 
decide to take everyone's guns if he wanted to uh, or to try. Serotonin just commented, so he's king now, and yes. Yeah, pretty much. He's essentially the king. Um, yep. any, anytime he decides something is a public health emergency, uh, he can just literally like they, they, they gave him, they authorized him to do whatever he wants. Um, we usually s- screenshot these, you know, types of bills and we, and we highlight the worst part, um, to show, you know, how terrible this, you know, one part of the law is and how the, the weasel wording from this one part makes it terrible. This entire bill is about two pages long. And there isn't a part that isn't highlightable as a terrible thing. And so it just wasn't even worth it to to try to show you all of two pages on a screenshot and with letter with you know yellow highlight on all of it because all of it's bad. That forty million dollars, not even a beginning to be the problem. Um it's it, it it's it's it is now Cuomo is essentially an, a, a, an autocrat, and whoever replaces him, because I don't think there was a a, a, a sunset on the rule. I don't think so. That whoever is the governor of New York now can govern at will, like it is true mm-hmm. autocracy, as long as he says that it's a public health emergency. Well, when when yep. was the last time that a a, a politician? made a major, you know, authoritarian move without claiming that it was to protect the lives of people. So, uh, the uh, health chairman, Richard Gottfried, um, Democrat out of Manhattan, uh, argued that during previous public health emergencies, quote, no governor, no health commissioner ever had occasion to ask for anything like the powers that the governor is asking for in this bill. I think it's important to ask why, uh, what problem does this bill solve? This is Democrats asking why. This is right. a New York City Democrat saying, "Hey, wait, 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 wait. why, why are, why are we doing this?" Uh, and then, uh, also from New York City, from Staten Island, woo, woo, uh, shout out to Staten Island. We got the the uh, uh, Vermin Spike twenty twenty campaign got the uh, only got the endorsement of the only elected libertarian in New York City representing the great borough of Staten Island. I think that's how you say that. Uh, But uh, Senator Andrew Lanza of Staten Island says, uh, vote for this and we're going home. Vote no and you're pro-pandemic. That's not the way it's supposed to be. And that's like, this is a perfect example of the government in the dead of night using fear to make a massive massive power grab right and it's 100 percent accurate because that that are those are the options it's yep. you vote for this and you go home yep. or you vote no and you're pro coronavirus yeah which is how you would be labeled like you would be you right. voted against the bill to try to stop the coronavirus Because there's no nuance anymore. No, you know, to go in front of a crowd and say, "Yeah, I didn't want uh, us to be governed by a dictator." At this point, right now, people are so scared that they'd say, "I'd rather have a dictator than coronavirus." Yep. Which, as and, we've just oh, go ahead, sorry. And a lot of the coronavirus, a lot of the fear of the coronavirus, is just being stoked by the media. 
Oh yeah. Which is why we said it on our show a month and a half ago. Yeah. Over You're not going to die from the, yeah. yeah. You're not going to die from the coronavirus. I might. I might. You might. I might. Maybe. I'm on an immunosuppressant for my MS, so I wouldn't die from it, but I might end up in the hospital temporarily because my body don't fight stuff good. Right. Um, but I probably but, wouldn't even die. Right. But more than likely, you are not going to die from the coronavirus. Yeah. More than likely, you're not going to get the coronavirus. Yeah. But if you watch any any mainstream media, which it's weird saying that because I try to stay away from it, but the lamestream media, the lamestream, the lamestream, um, that is all they're reporting on. Oh. They don't really care about anything else. They know that people are afraid of this virus, so they continue to push it on you. So you so watch that. Way, yeah. So you watch. So you watch. They are even. They are just attempting to release dopamine and serotonin in your brain, and which you get from being scared. And then you tune back in and you watch more. And they're like, "Oh, yeah. people are afraid of this coronavirus, so let's keep feet, spoon keep, feeding it to keep them." Spoon feeding it. Get up to the up to the minute uh, updates on the coronavirus, and what they they don't update you on the fact that, for example, there are I think ninety thousand confirmed cases and fifty thousand conf- or just under fifty thousand confirmed recoveries. Meaning that of the people who's and there's probably way more people that actually have it, but their symptoms are so mild that they either don't know they have anything or they just figure they have, you know, the sniffles or whatever and go about their day. They're like, well, it couldn't be coronavirus because I'm just, you know, a little under the weather. So it's clearly not that. And so, but, but, you know, of the people who were sick enough to actually go to a doctor or go to a hospital or whatever, more than half of them have already recovered. At worst, this virus has a 2.3% Somewhere around a two point three percent fatality rate, which is high for a for a, so, a, a flu like virus. Now, and that also depends on where. That's two point three in China. Yep. In South Korea, it's 05 percent. Yes. Now, in in Iran, it's it's I believe higher than that. But again, that's that's comparing deaths to confirmed cases. They keep right. saying, "Oh, well, a lot of kids haven't gotten this." Well, we know that's not true. The kids have clearly gotten it. They're just not sick. They don't feel bad. What we know about this so far is that anywhere from probably twice as many to even 10 or 20 times as many people as actually have it compared to how many have been confirmed, especially in places like Latin America and uh, Sub-Saharan Africa, where they've only recently even begun testing. In the United States right now, unless you are in a major metro area or on the West Coast, if you go to a doctor and say, I'm sick, I don't feel good, and I've been traveling to China, they're going to treat you symptomatically for it. But like, if I went to a doctor up the road, they don't have the equipment to test me for coronavirus. So there are way more people that have it. And I'm not saying that to scare you. It's actually the opposite. If you consider that there are probably 10 times as many people that have it as have been confirmed, that 2.3% death rate goes down to 0.23%, which is about twice as bad as the flu, which is, I mean, people dying is bad. Like we're, we're pro, we're anti people dying of disease on Muddy Waters Media, but it's now not 
I mean, even at 2.3%, it's not the extinction level event that some people think it is. At 0.23%, it's now a another bad respiratory illness that, you know, might become a seasonal thing like the flu. But it's not it's not SARS, it's not MERS, it's not Ebola, it's not bird flu, which has like an 80% death rate, it's not swine flu, it's more viral than any of those things, so you're more likely to get it, but you're far less likely to die if you do get it. So it's a bad thing, but but at no point, you know what's worse? Is having a single person in control of the state of New York at whim forever. Because, again, I don't believe there's a sunset to this law. Whoever's the governor of New York now can simply declare something to be a public health emergency. They can do whatever they want without any kind of approval from or, or oversight from anyone. Um, and if you don't think that won't that that if you think that won't be used for everything moving forward, then you haven't paid attention to the government ever because that's always what they do. We have a, a an authorization of use of military force that was passed in 2001, signed by, uh, voted for by Lincoln Chafee, by the way. Uh, but it was, it was to authorize the president to fight the war on terror, mostly for him to go after the Taliban. It is still being used now to start stuff in uh, Yemen, in Syria, in Iraq, in. Uh, in, uh, if you recall, there was this big vote on whether or not to authorize the president to go to war in Iraq. That was a non-binding vote because the president already had the authority to do it. Government takes authority that they're given in a, in fear, like 9-11, something that makes everyone scared and just says, here, take this power so you can keep me safe. And they use it forever. Yep. So, quick update. Um, They are up to 25% of Election Day precincts reporting in Tennessee. Mm -hmm. Biden has taken a narrow lead. He's at 27. Sanders has 24. Bloomberg has 22. Warren has 10. So, remember, in all of these states, you need 15% or more in order to get any delegates whatsoever. So, right now, you've got uh, Biden, Bernie, and Bloomberg all got the three Bs. The three B um, and it was Buttigieg. It was, it gonna was be the Buttigieg. Biden, Bloomberg, B- Bernie, or Buttigieg. And if Beto had made it, oh wow, Beto, if Beto had made it, if it would have just been made it. Biden, the, Bloomberg, the killer bees of the Democratic the killer bees. Uh, <laughs> so uh, obviously, keeping an eye on all of the races. Um, Keeping an eye on all the races, like updates are coming in so fast. It's very difficult. And since we do everything on our own, we <laughs> we are taking all the time we can. Um, <laughs> now, I haven't seen any Massachusetts. I, so, I'm With 8% reporting, Joe Biden ahead in Massachusetts, 31 to 28. Again, 8%, not a lot. Still ahead. Massachusetts. That would be shocking. Equally possibly shocking. Uh, 20%, 20%, which is much more than 8% in, in Texas. Bernie is ahead. Uh, 29 to 22 for, for Joe Biden in second. Uh, with Bloomberg at 18%. Uh, really, really spoiling things for Biden there. Uh, if you look... So, but I mean, you have to think, Texas is in like two different time zones 
So you're looking at two different, you have two different uh, windows of opportunity here. Now is Eastern Texas more progressive? Well, Eastern Texas, you're going to, I think you have Dallas and Austin. Oh, which is going to be more progressive, which would make sense. Cause remember when we were covering the midterm elections and it was looking like Beto was beating uh, Ted Cruz right. initially. And then as it went on longer, Ted Cruz started pulling ahead and obviously won. Um, but this is a bigger lead for Bernie than, than Beto ever had. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, it appears as though, it appears as though our good friend Bass from the tube of you is now over on float float.app F L O T E. Oh, nice. And, uh, it's somebody named Bass. I'm assuming it's the same one. Um, and he's commenting. Uh, he said that he believes the mortality rate jumped to 3.4% on the coronavirus. Um, and sorry, just got a weird update. Um, and then asked if today is Super Tuesday, which yes, it is. Um, it is absolutely. I just got an update from fox news saying that bernie won colorado which is weird because their polls close at nine their time so i mean he's gonna win colorado that's not the shocking i wonder if they prematurely released it because there's there was another uh uh mistaken reporting that warren has taken the lead in massachusetts but it's based on a data entry error in the town of Eastern where she has gotten more votes than the town of Easton has. So it looks like there's some errors going on brought to you by the shadow app. No doubt. Um, so let's say, let's, let's say that Biden takes a huge lead. And a lot of people are going to say that Biden is the one, you know, he's the one to beat and he's going to be impossible to beat because that's who the DNC wants. Biden has a bad history of being Joe Biden. We all know this to be exceptionally true. Yeah. So like even worse than. Because often Trump is Trump's biggest enemy in in terms of optics. But Biden takes it to a completely different level. Because he says stuff that makes you question whether he's still all there. Right. Not like his intelligence, but like his presence. Like, is he developing Alzheimer's or dementia? Um or is this all just too much for him because he's as old as he is? Because he's like 79 or something. Um, uh, 72. He is the youngest Democrat running. Well, who's the one that's 79? Bernie. Oh. Well, Biden just hasn't aged well then compared to Bernie. The, At least the hair plugs and the teeth veneers help. but They do. I love how Joe Biden has more hair now than he did in 1988. Yes, when he first ran. When he first ran, like when a lot of our viewers weren't born yet. Right. He was already completely, almost complete. He had this like absurd layer of fuzz that I'm sure he convinced himself looked like hair, but it did not. 
And then all of a sudden he had hair again. Not a lot, yeah. but definitely more than he had then. He definitely he definitely got some plugs done. Um, but Biden being Biden, as we all know, he is prone to making mistakes. Um, yes. Last week, he said that he was running for Senate. And then if you didn't want to vote for him, vote for the other Biden. Okay. Yep. But over the last couple of days, Biden has continued his history of gaffes on the campaign trail. Oh, yeah. Uh, the first one is uh, the first video we're going to show you here. He's going to flub the words of the Declaration of Independence. This one's my favorite. This is my it's favorite. so good. It's so good. It's, it's so, so good. good. And then he reminds everybody to vote for him today. Yeah. So we'll uh, let's play that right now. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by go. You know the you know the thing. Look, tomorrow's Super Tuesday, and I want to thank you all. Do we lose sound? Well, I'm rushing ahead, aren't I? And I want to speak directly to Democrats here in Texas. No, it's just it was only on the on the right side. I'm not sure what happened with the audio there. Oh, gotcha. Um. So yeah, uh, that's weird. Uh, yeah, I'm so, not yeah. sure what happened. So, so he first he said, "We hold these truths to be self-evident that all the men and women are created." What, what you know, you know, you know the thing. You know the thing. You know the thing. And then he said, "So go out there and support me on Super Thursday." Super Thursday. Super Thursday. Yeah. Super Thursday, uh, the very famous, the exceptionally famous uh, voting day of Super Thursday, primary day of Super Thursday. Usually when uh, someone does a misspeak, right, like they do a gaffe, it's because they say some, they start to say something else that sounds similar to the thing that they're saying, right? right. Like they're making like this like kind of, you know, Freudian slip or whatever. I don't think there's any Super Thursday. Or anything Thursday. There's not even a Taco Thursday. It's Taco Tuesday. It's Taco Tuesday. I would have been way better with him saying, go out there and vote on Taco Tuesday. Because he still was, he was saying something about- he was saying something related to Tuesday, A, and B it has the same kind of flow to it as Super Tuesday. Super was, Thursday, uh, there's nothing. There's nothing. There's nothing there. Um Uh, yeah, he he was talking about the Super Thursday sale at Wegmans, and just totally he he was just very excited about it. Um, it's just it's it's hilarious. Um, and so then we have oh, where's that? So then he after Beta O'Rourke endorsed uh, Joe, um, Joe had a little conversation with him. In front of the crowd, which went as well as one would expect. I want to make something clear. I'm going to guarantee you this is not last year's scene of this guy. You're going to take care of the gun problem with me. You're going to be the one that leads this effort. I'm counting on you. 
I'm counting on you. We need you badly. The state needs you. The country needs you. You're the best. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Which, to have Beto in charge of guns in America is quite possibly the most terrifying thing I have ever heard. It would be more terrifying in my mind to have someone who is effective in charge of it. That's fair. So, I mean, if you can think of someone that you would want to turn the American public, like the idea of putting, I I get what you're saying, the idea of putting someone who really just doesn't think you should own a gun uh, in charge of that effort is frightening. When you consider the fact that He's he and Eric Swalwell are two people who are the best suited to turn the general public against any given thing that they're promoting. Um so having him in charge of that effort would largely help the pro gun side um because of the type of person he is and how really no one likes him that much. Um Everyone was happy that he gave Ted Cruz a run for his money. And then uh, it turned out that uh, he was terrible. And that's why he was one of the first to drop out because progressives saw right through him. The establishment saw that he wasn't going to be the least bit effective as a, as a nominee. Uh, the, everywhere he went got mad that he scuffed up their counters with his shoes. And, you know, he just made a lot of enemies. You don't go everywhere and stand on the tables. And unsurprisingly, in his um, endorsement of Biden, he closed it out by saying everything he had just said in English in Spanish. Everything? Yeah, it seemed I kind of skimmed it. I was just looking for that clip. Right. Um, el, próximo los president, el próximo presidente los, los Estados Unidos... Joe Biden. Joe Biden. Uh, Joe Biden. Jose Biden. Um, Sarah Andreg is going back to work. She will see us on our next break. Bye, I Sarah. Bye, Sarah. Um, senior, senior Sniffy. Senior Sneezy. Senior Sneezy. Senior Sneezy. Senior Sneezy. Um, yeah, uh, right now it's looking as though... Oh yeah, man, the the Davidson County where Nashville is. Again, shout out to Nashville. Mm-hmm. I used to live there, love every love that city. Uh hope everybody is okay there. Um and if any of my friends from Nashville happen to be watching, uh give me a call. Just let me know you're okay. Um but because of Nash because of what happened in Davidson County, uh, a lot of people aren't going to be able to make it out to vote. It says, but maybe a potentially good sign for Biden. Oh, because that's like sort of the progressive hub is in, would be in Nashville, right? Yeah. Or, or one of, I guess, I guess. 48% of Tennessee voters said they would return to Obama's policies. Which is a, I mean, that's Biden. Bi- that's Bi- Biden. Biden is the idea of Obama being normalcy and a return to Biden being normalcy, uh, being a return to that normalcy. Uh, with 6% in Colorado coming in, 8% in Colorado coming in, I thought they'd close at 9. It, it must have been that they close at 8 their time. But that would still uh, be 10. They're, this two, 
Right. They must have closed at seven. So they it must have been nine our time. But so with eight percent in, uh 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 Bernie Sanders at thirty nine percent. With zero percent in, uh Joe Biden at forty three percent, no doubt helped by Amy Klobuchar, who I believe when she dropped out, I saw something that showed that she was still in the lead there uh for election in day. Where? In in Minnesota, in her state. Yes. And uh, so it was a, it was kind of a t- it was a toss up between Bernie and Klobuchar. Well, now uh, Joe. Now this again was zero percent in, but he is now. He, I mean, he's at forty three percent. So again, that can change, but he's way ahead. Ten uh, percent in Arkansas reporting. Joe Biden's ahead twenty five to twenty four in Tennessee uh, with twenty eight percent in. He's ahead. Joe's ahead thirty four to twenty four. Um, with 0% in Alabama still, Joe Biden ahead 60 uh, to 16 with Bloomberg in second. Uh, 10% of Oklahoma in, uh, reporting in Oklahoma. Joe Biden is uh, up 30% to 21 to Bernie. Uh, in Maine and Massachusetts, Joe Biden still ahead in the 30s. Uh, and in Texas, uh, uh, Bernie Sanders still ahead of uh, of Joe. But like we were saying, that, that could tighten up. Uh, North Carolina... Joe is killing it 36 to 24. Vermont, of course, uh, Biden or Bernie way ahead 51 to 24. And in Virginia, well, I was already called for um, for uh, Joe, but with 99% reporting, Joe got uh, 53%. Um, again, American Samoa, Michael Bloomberg just destroyed it there in the old American Yeah, it says uh, 99% of precincts reporting in Virginia. Is that the one you just did? Yeah, yeah. 50, yeah. He's he's ahead fifty three to twenty three. Yeah. Now twelve hours ago, and of course, obviously, this is all subject to change now with the actual results having come in. But twelve hours ago, uh, five thirty eight predicted that no majority, no one would get the majority of delegates before the convention. Uh, the odds of that happening were three and five, so sixty percent odds that uh, no one was going to get it. The meaning that it would go down to a brokered convention, which is going to favor the establishment candidate over Bernie, especially if the establishment candidate comes in with more delegates than Bernie, because then they have a compelling reason to say, hey, we picked the one with more delegates. Uh, if Bernie comes in, they can still screw him for some other reason, but ultimately, ultimately they can pick whoever they want. The odds of Biden getting the majority before before the the convention so he just wins outright is three in ten so there is a 90 percent chance that either no one is going to get the uh the majority and win the nomination outright without any brokering or that biden's going to get it without any brokering uh sanders getting the majority uh one in 12 chance and then the rest are less than one in 100 so it's either going to be a brokered convention that Bernie gets screwed in or Bernie or Biden's going to win outright at this point. So it's either going to be a brokered convention that one of them gets screwed in or Biden wins outright. Right. Cause I don't see it where like right now, Right now, and a lot can change. Like, there's still a lot of primary season left, but because, like, I think after tonight, we have two thirds of the primary left. Right. So, right now, it looks like Biden is going to be up in the lead by the end of tonight. 
still could change. You know, lots, there's even a lot of tonight left, but if he ends up, if he ends up in the lead by tonight, it's going to look as though he's going to be the one that's going to take it because the Joe momentum is going to be strong. Whether or not he gets the majority of delegates is different. And there is zero guarantee that they, that the DNC chooses Biden. They're more likely to choose Biden than Bernie. Oh yeah. But if it goes through that second round and he doesn't have the 2375, he will there. Anybody can throw their hat in and then it becomes a free for all. And could be Biden or it could be literally anybody else in the DNC. Yeah. At that point it could be anyone else. And, uh, there may be some appetite to just ditch Biden for Bloomberg or I don't think it's going to be any of the other people that ran. Honestly, I think if, if, if they go outside of Biden or Bloomberg, it's going to be Hillary Clinton or Michelle Obama or, you know, some, some, someone that, you know, isn't even being discussed right now or, or hasn't been contending, contending for this race to begin with. Um, can you think of anyone in the field besides Biden and Bloomberg that actually have run that they would go with? No, I I mean, it would be a terrible argument to make because these are people that dropped out because they couldn't they couldn't you know they didn't have the chops for it. Um, even Buttigieg, he's dropped out and 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 gone with with Biden now. So yeah, I I don't see, I I don't see, yeah, I don't see I don't see a, a scenario where they don't. But they go with any of the people that have already run instead of Bernie or Biden. I think it would ever go, um, you know, it would be either Biden or Bloomberg or they now go with someone else. But, I mean, they're going to they're going to screw Bernie if they can. If Bernie does not get the majority of delegates, they are going to screw him um, because. If, well, if he if he gets the plur, uh, if he gets the plurality. If he doesn't get the plurality of delegates, they aren't screwing him. Well, yeah, they're 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 just giving it to whoever got. Uh, but I'm he's gonna get he's gonna not win it. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Unless unless no, he no matter what he is not winning. Yeah, unless he gets which is now a, a less than one in twelve chance, which is still possible. Uh, unless right. he gets the majority of delegates going into the convention, he's not going to get it because the DNC is looking at boomers who will stay home. They will stay home or they will vote for Trump. Um, Cause they're not, I don't think a lot of them are going to vote third party. Those are the people who say you're throwing your vote away, but then they'll stay home and not vote. Uh, but I, I a- think ABC just called Tennessee for Biden. Huh? Welp. Which according to our stats, I have commanding lead, but it's still early. So, but I said that Biden would. I said that Biden would pull that one. But less than literally yesterday, Bernie was in the lead in that state. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be interesting to see how all these um, all these forecasts update after this. I think they're all going to pull in in Biden's favor. Um, I still don't think Biden's going to get the majority. But I may be wrong. I mean, if if Joe Mentum is a thing, and the polls didn't have time to, because re- I mean, 
the the people that dropped out in and of themselves didn't have enough of the vote to make a difference for their own you know campaigns but both of them dropping out and then all these people endorsing Joe uh and there wasn't really enough time to re- to update polling to to see how that would work for them but if you know 80 or 90% of Buttigieg and Klobuchar's uh supporters flipped for for Biden uh over Bernie which is very likely to happen in the case of an endorsement right afterwards this now became Biden's race to lose and that would not reflect in polling immediately because there's just not enough time to 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 update all the polling to 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 reflect that but there's time for us to see it in real time when people actually show up and vote so i am very interested i i i mean maybe uh, can... apparently we missed it but oklahoma was called for biden as well that doesn't surprise me he he's no, not... he is like if you look at the races with the exception of massachusetts and maine which he is still Ahead in Massachusetts and Maine, now with 11% reporting in Massachusetts and 9% reporting in Maine, Joe Biden way outperforming how he was expected to do there. Uh, In Texas, it's still 29 to 22 for Bernie. Very interesting development there. So with with that, especially that one, Biden wasn't supposed like I didn't we didn't have Biden predicting to win Texas by a lot. Right. We're talking like one, two delegates max difference between right. the two. Right. So right. no matter what happens there, they're going to be so close. It's not going to make that big of a delegate count difference. Right. We just know that they are going to get the lion's share of delegates from Texas. Right. Right. Yeah. No, it's not. It's not going to make a huge difference. What will make a huge difference is. Oh no, Bernie's now ahead in Maine. With ten percent reporting, he's now ahead thirty-five to thirty-four. Um but in Massachusetts, Biden uh still at thirty-two, thirty still ahead by five points. That will be an interesting one. If somehow Joe Biden I don't see it happening. I can't see that happening. So- Serotonin says, I'm so mind blown. Biden is gonna lose to Trump, which I think any in all honesty. Not a Trump fan. I think any Democratic candidate loses to Trump. I honestly believe that. Uh, she says, I hope Bernie runs in 2024. That would make him, I think, 83. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. But I, I, here's the thing. I still say if there's, if and, and I, I say this totally anecdotally, seeing the level of energy when I went to a Bernie rally, was comparable to the energy I've seen at a Trump rally and in size as well. Um, I I could see Bernie beating Trump, Um, especially if these... You're not going to get the boomer vote. I don't... Maybe not, but here's the thing, Matt. If between now and November, this, you know, what we're being told is stock market correction because of the coronavirus ends up turning into a bubble correction... And we start seeing real, because what we haven't seen yet is the reality of the fact that we haven't been getting good shipped to us from China the way we usually do, anywhere near yeah. it. And you're going to start seeing shortages of stuff, and you're going to start seeing panic. And in that kind of perfect storm of people freaking out about, you know, there are, are they going to die of this foreign disease? And is, are they going to be able to find toilet paper? And are they going to be able 
all of the arguments against socialism are going to be somewhat out the window in that moment. Well, you can't vote for socialism because it'll destroy everything. And everyone's going to be looking around, seeing everything destroyed and go, well, we got to try something different. And Bernie and, you know, Bernie will be able to say, you know, Donald Trump oversaw this economy falling apart. And, you know, and, and you know, we're all dying of coronavirus and I'm going to fix all this and get, you know, give you health care. Uh, it's Wait, not yesterday. I think yesterday was the largest day for the stock market in history. Right. And that's what I'm saying. It could it could bounce back. It could be that this was a temporary whatever. But there's also a thing called the bull trap where people go, oh, I'm, there's a bargain I'm going to buy now. I will be very interested to see what the economy looks like come May or June. Um, and if it really is, if a combination of coronavirus pandemic panic uh, 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 short shortages of, of goods, especially. So I was talking with someone who's, uh, a part of the, uh, physicians for a free market. I think it's what they're called. Um, something like 85% of the products, medical products that are used in hospitals come from China, which is not surprising. 85% of most stuff comes from China. They're not getting any stuff at a time when they're going to desperately need it. So a lot could change. Why the, which is why the uh, attorney general said, please stop buying masks. Right, exactly. If we have a spring and summer of existential dread and shortages and people being told to stay home so they don't get a disease, I, everything changes. Like it, it really changes people's concept of what they're willing to accept. And it could, I mean, if it got bad enough, they could actually suspend the election temporarily. I don't see that happening. But I, I, you could have a situation where people vote against Trump en masse just because they're associating Trump with a horror that no one, except maybe people who lived during the 1918 flu pandemic, you know, which there aren't a lot of them. You'd have to be 102 plus to have even been alive during it. I don't, in fact, I don't think there's anyone alive who would have been old enough to actually remember the last time we experienced something that led to this level of panic. Uh, disease-wise, it changes a lot of things. So, you know, all things being equal and normal, I don't see anyone beating Trump. We're about to not experience normal stuff. Um, right. So, so be very interesting to see. Uh, with Maine, how many were you reporting before? Uh, I don't remember, but now it's at 11%. Uh, uh, Bernie is ahead, uh, 35 to 34. So, from NPR... I have 26% reporting with Biden at 34.3, Sanders at 34. And with what, with what percent reporting? 26. <laughs> and then in Massachusetts with 19% reporting, I've got 33.7 with Sanders with 28, Warren with 20. Which, if Joe Biden starts winning the Northeast, if Joe Biden he's winning wins, New England, if he wins New England, <laughs> Robin Dominic says I'm going to lick people at the convention. <laughs> Please don't. I don't know if that. I mean, let's be clear. Two months from now is about when they're saying it's going to be true panic mode, where you know they're telling people to stay home. They might not do the convention. Like, I still have my, all my travel plans, but maybe I might not do it. Like, you know, 
we sometimes get into this normalcy bias of like, well, yeah, I'm going to do it. I might get canceled. I mean, if you look at what's happening in places like Japan and South Korea or whatever, anything that's not an essential thing has been canceled. Uh, It's not happening. Italy's starting to do that too. Uh, Iran is is doing that as well. Like they're not doing cultural events and they're not doing, and the next step after that is like, yeah, we're not doing political party stuff either. Like we're really just not encouraging a bunch of people to get together and shake hands and cough on each other and sneeze on each other. Because that's how this thing spreads. The good news about this is that it's not like the common cold where it actually aerosolizes and is in the air. Um, You know, the common cold, next to no one dies of it. It's pretty much like a 0% death rate. But it's like super, super easy to get. We have a natural, different levels of natural immunity to it. But it's actually in the air. It actually aerosolizes and spreads around in the air. Whereas this thing doesn't do that. It's on droplets from when you cough and sneeze. So it's on either if you're close enough to someone and they cough and sneeze on you and then you touch your face or whatever. Or if it's on surfaces of things you touch. So if you're really like OCD fastidious about it, you can actually go to public events and be fine. The problem is most people are nasty as hell. And mm-hmm. and, and, and not, I shouldn't even say nasty. A lot of people are nasty as hell like don't wash their hands after they use the bathroom. But even just from normal people who aren't that nasty... A lot of people don't use Purell every time they've shaken someone's hand or every time they've touched every anything because it seems over, you know, it seems like overkill. With this, it's not overkill. It would actually be smart to do that. Um, I'm going to be very interested to see what what May, what what late April and and May and June look like. Um, thankfully, my favorite activity is going out in the ocean, which is a bunch of salt water and being left the hell alone to swim for hours at a time. So if everything gets canceled, I just get to go do my favorite thing out in the most sterile place possible. Uh, and I already have enough can- canned goods for like ever. Um, so a lot of people have been wondering about Bloomberg uh, and yes. what happens to him after today. Does he stay in? Does he not stay in? Does he drop? He just paid $7 million, which to him is absolutely nothing, nothing. but he just paid $7 million for post-Super Tuesday ads. Yeah, he's not going anywhere. He's not going anywhere. He's Bloomberg's going to be there until convention. Bloomberg is waiting for there to not be a, 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 a delegate lead. You know, someone He's waiting for a brokered convention where he can show up and say, hey, guys, I can spend $5 billion on this on my presidential campaign not take a penny from you let you spend all of your money that you bring in solely on down ballot candidates senate governor state senate city council all that stuff spend it entirely on that i can self-fund my campaign entirely and still be worth still be like the 10th richest man or 15th richest man or whatever on earth like I can I can spend money that has never been spent before in a presidential election myself and it not really affect my bottom line all that much. And if you think that that isn't a compelling argument to career political party hack operatives, then you've uh, I don't want to say that, uh, but you you <laughs> then uh, but you uh, you're wrong. Let me say that. Uh, do you want to do? We've got multiple calls from Chris Reynolds. Do you want to do one now? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, let's go ahead and do that because I, I, you know, 
that'll give time for other stuff to update. Um, right. Do, 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 let's do. So now is an episode, or now now is our favorite segment, the personal injury attorney, Chris Reynolds, attorney at law, anchor call-in moment. Where Chris Reynolds theme song, like just like a jingle for that personal injury attorney, Chris Reynolds, attorney at law, anchor call in moment. <laughs> it will be better than that, but um, I don't think it should be. Is that was that about it, that? Was it would kind of go spot? along with a lot of the other stuff that we do around here. That makes sense, yeah. And by that, you mean I sing amazingly. You do, thank you. Um, you absolutely do. You have the voice of an angel. I appreciate that. A, f- a fallen angel? Was there more to that? or No, just an oh, angel. Oh, that's, thank you. Uh, so yeah. here is the first one from personal injury attorney Chris Reynolds, attorney at law. Personal injury attorney Chris Reynolds here with your most important news of the week, oh, no. uh, which second. obviously is the recent announcement um, by, I believe it was Princeton, um, to have Marshawn Lynch as one of their speakers, I believe, at um, their class day, whatever that is. Um, obviously, Marshawn Lynch, one of the more modern philosophers of our time. Um, <laughs> but I was wondering what you guys thought about that selection is he gonna get up there and just say things like i'm only here so i don't get fined yeah i was gonna say Um, what can we expect from a marshawn lynch speak and what do you guys think of this selection thanks all i know about marshawn lynch is that he does interviews where he says i'm just doing this so i don't get fined and that's like that's pretty much all i know so i hope that's what he does because that will be funny we'll get to cover that Yeah, Marshawn Lynch is a, I mean, he's famously introverted. For a football player, that's just really weird to say, but he right. is. He's famously introverted. Yeah. And to have him as one of the speakers, I mean, if that's what they want, cool, but I can't imagine why. <laughs> yeah, that's um, an interesting pick. I would have yeah. gone with Richard Sherman. Oh yeah, no, I'd go with Richard. Like, go there and scream, so, and he's actually like he's like college educated and everything, right? Yeah, no, yeah. he uh, got a communications degree from I think Oregon, right? Um, but yeah, he uh, Marshawn Lynch was he did a guest episode on the show Brooklyn Nine Nine, and I remember that they were really excited about the fact that it was Marshawn Lynch and they're like, Oh, this guy's not going to say anything. It's going to be great trying to get him to talk. And then he just kept talking and he never shut up. Well, maybe that's what will happen here. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that's who he really is. And he just doesn't like talking to the press. Um, Maybe he doesn't like talking to people because he has to. Could be, which is, I don't like talking to people when I I have to. Right. I like talking to people in general, but when I have to, it's like, Hey, how are you doing? good to see you so maybe he's that way too um here is our next you want to do another one yeah do another one all right so there's nothing new coming in right now all right here we will go with it we have a bunch of them Uh, oh yeah no he 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 hit us hard today he changed the game hold on 
personal injury attorney Chris Reynolds here with your AOC Millennial Minute. So with uh, the recent dropouts of some of the other Democratic uh, primary contenders and good old Mayor Petey and Amy Klobuchar um, and some endorsements of good old Joe Biden. Joe Biden. Um, the momentum of the, uh, the populist darling um, that is Bernie Sanders um, has slowed. And um, I don't know what's going to happen today with the voting on Super Tuesday, but there's a lot of people talking about, you know, it's basically Bernie or bust. Um, and to me, that seems like that is a sure way to ensure that Donald Trump stays in um, the presidency. But I would love to hear your guys' thoughts on the whole Bernie or bust uh, mentality. So, go ahead. So for anybody who doesn't know, it's a lot of the Bernie bras, um, which is the California version of a Bernie bro, if you don't know. Uh, a lot of the Bernie bra, uh, they they are the Bernie brethren for the more religiously inclined, maybe. Um, they... Uh, they are saying they're going to vote for Bernie, and if it's not Bernie, they're not voting for anybody. Right. And as we can see, like Bernie is polling pretty much traditionally at about 23, 24% yep. among people who are likely to vote that are registered Democrats. Right. This doesn't like this doesn't include independents and people who would normally vote third party. Right. But that is how he polls amongst Democrats. Now, let's say that half of those half of those people are bernie bras uh if you lose 15 percent of your potential electorate you're out like you're out and i understand what you're doing you you want bernie and you don't it's not that you want bernie it's that you believe in a movement that bernie is creating it's very much like ron paul I mean, the movements are completely different, but the the mentality the, of the it, mentality it, it, of it's either Ron or nothing. Yep, yep. Right. Same thing with third party voters. You're going to be looking at like Libertarian Party, the Green Party. You are looking to push a movement as opposed to trying to defeat a candidate or push a candidate. Yep. So, the Bernie Bros, the Bernie Brethren, they um they are saying, you know, it's going to be Bernie or it's going to be nobody. And I respect that. But at the same time, <laughs> this is somebody who's voted libertarian since like 2008. Um, but at the same time, you are definitely going to cost the Democrats the election if you do that. <laughs> More than likely, yes. Here And here's the thing. I... We have a ton of I wish I'd kept it in the in the the sequence here so I could show it again, but we have a ton of the Vermin Spike campaign has a ton of Yang Gang and Bernie Bro supporters. The Yang Gang have already probably we've probably gotten a quarter of the Yang Gang people, at least, already that have actually joined the team or are actively promoting us on social media. 
I uh, don't think we're going to get a lot of Buttigieg or Klobuchar people, um, but Bernie bros are already actively supporting us with the idea that if Bernie doesn't get it, they're voting for Vermin Supreme. And by the way, that doesn't mean they're voting Libertarian. That means if Bernie, if Bernie, if uh, Bernie's not on the ballot and he can't, you know, run because of sore loser laws or whatever, and Vermin's not on the ballot, they're either writing in Bernie or they're writing in Vermin just despite everyone. All of that to say that they don't see this isn't about, you know, vote blue no matter who does not resonate with them. We have to stop Trump at all costs does not resonate with them. To them, yep. Joe Biden is every bit as bad as as uh, as Trump, uh, Buttigieg or Bloomberg. I mean, and, and really with Bloomberg, Bloomberg is every bit as bad as Trump. Anything you could say about Trump, Bloomberg is at least as bad from any standpoint, progressive, conservative authoritarian libertarian whatever argument you want to make any negative thing you want to say about trump bloomberg is at least as bad um so that's a that's a unique moment where we can all come together and agree that he's terrible um but they they're similar to libertarians in that they don't see this as a you know we must stop trump that's the most important thing because to them they want to stop Everyone that they hate, including every Democrat, almost every Democrat, except for Bernie and like the squad and like, you know, the hardcore progressive Democratic Socialist members of the party. And uh, yeah, they don't give a crap if, if it's Biden, if, if, if it ends up being Biden versus Trump, they don't care if Trump wins. Um, right. Again, similar to libertarians, people get frustrated with libertarians and they go, well, you know, you're costing Trump the election. And to which I always say, well, why don't you think I'm costing Bernie the election? Like, what what makes you think I'd vote for Trump over Bernie? I wouldn't vote for either of them. But, like, wh- why would you think I'd vote for either? And Bernie bros are, I, I mean, I, I talk with them constantly, on, on especially on Twitter. By the way, uh, join me on Twitter at RealSpikeCohen. Join me on Facebook at literally SpikeCohen. Um, uh, that's my, my, my VP pages on Twitter and, and Facebook. But... I, I'm talking with Bernie bros way more than I ever thought I would like a way more like a lot. And one thing I, that, that I've known, it's the exact same theme as with libertarians. They don't care. They don't care if it's a Democrat or a Republican. They want Bernie or they'll vote for Vermin Supreme. They don't even care what our serious policies are. Some of them ask and they get interested, but a lot of them are like, yeah, we don't care what you are. You can run as whatever. We're going to vote for you just because that'll really piss off people the most. Um, if Bernie doesn't get it and that's, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a reason to vote vermin in the, in the, in vote for vermin in, in Austin, if they don't cancel it because of coronavirus, but it's also a reason to understand that they don't care if Donald Trump wins. So, um, do you want to do another one or go go ahead? Sure. Uh, but yeah, that, that is what a lot of people are going to be saying about, uh, that's what a lot of people are going to be saying about Trump especially Bernie bros. They do not care if Trump wins re-election. If the DNC is perceived in their mind to have screwed Bernie out of this election again, Sarah, I'm talking to you specifically. Um, if, <laughs> um, if they are perceived to have screwed Bernie out of this election again, they will not vote for Biden or Bloomberg or whoever else mm-hmm. happens to get they will 100% vote Green Party, vote uh, right in Bernie, yep, or not vote. Yep. 
or vote for vermin or whatever. They'll vote. They'll, they're not going to vote Democrat. And and let's be clear. At this point, anything short of a Bernie win, they will see as Bernie being screwed. So even if Joe Biden just turns this thing around and comes in with a majority of the delegates or with such a large, you know, so many, so much more delegates than anyone else, even if it's not the majority that he, you know, they end up deciding to give it to, you know, give it to Biden because he's got, you know, 300 more delegates than anyone else. They're going to see that as Bernie getting screwed. Let's remember that Hillary Clinton went into the Democratic convention with more delegates than than Bernie. Now, we also know that she was being fed answers at the debates and there was all sorts of shenanigans going on in the background. And it's because of that, that anything other than Bernie winning is going to be perceived by his most hardcore supporters as being him being screwed. And it could ver- and, and they might very well be correct. Whether they're correct or not doesn't matter. It's what they perceive it to be. They perceive it to be that it's either Bernie wins or Bernie got screwed, screwed the Democrats, we're going to vote for, you know, Vermin, Green Party, DSA, not vote. Uh, some might even spitefully vote for Trump. Like, I mean, you're, you're dealing with some people that are are very, very... Similar to the Yang Gang people. People didn't understand the Yang Gang people, and they were a much smaller group than the Bernie people. It was Yang or nothing. They didn't give a damn about the other Democrats. Um, And they especially hated the more progressive ones, Um, which is very interesting. Um, But yeah, I mean, that's that's how it's going to go. One of the people in uh, Team Vermin is a Bernie bro, and he's supporting Bernie in the Democratic uh, contest, but he's also pretty sure that... Bernie's going to get screwed. So he's already working with us. He's already like whipping, uh, you know, Bernie, Bernie supporters to, you know, become vermin supporters if and when Bernie gets screwed um, and is already trying to help us in the libertarian uh, contest for that eventuality because he recognizes that Bernie's probably not going to get it. And every day he posts his daily reminder that uh, if you want to defeat Trump, you have to nominate Bernie Sanders. And I, ha- I happen to think he's probably correct. I think any Democrat that has, and even with Bernie's massive problems with boomers, I think you have an even more massive problem and an ongoing problem even past this election if you continue to piss off young voters, which is why, again, the Libertarian Party needs to nominate me in Vermin Supreme because we have an opportunity to flip an entire generation of left-leaning progressive voters into libertarianism by using a beloved character that they follow on social media. But God forbid we, you know... Try right, to but win over people. What you're saying about Bernie before you went on the <laughs> went on the vermin, vermin thing. thing. Uh, what you were saying about Bernie, yeah, the boomers like they have a huge problem with boomers, yep. and it was said in the comments that um, boomers are going to bl- vote blue no matter who. That is not actually accurate. Mm. They will mm. not vote for people that they perceive to be socialists. Yeah, a vast majority of them will not. A recent Reuters poll came out that said 52% of Americans uh, will not vote for somebody who perceive, who says that they are socialist or believes in socialist ideals. That already, you're already looking at the fact that you are out of 52% of America. Right. I don't know if that's voting America or not. So that could just be all of America, even including the people who don't vote. I would assume so, that it's at least registered voters, if not also likely would, voters. Yeah. That's what I would, that's what I would assume. Yeah. Um, but you're already looking, you're fighting an uphill battle because yep. granted you only need 43, 44% to win as Trump showed us. 
but you're going to be look, you're going to have to be looking at that in areas where most of these 52% live. Swing so states that's, where that's because I guarantee but, you, Wisconsin, that number's way higher than 52%. Oh, the, yeah. The reason that number is oh, yeah. even if as low as if, if you take out New York and California and New England, uh, all of a sudden that number, and, and I guess maybe Washington State or, you know, DC and, and Hawaii, like. The so Washington State's actually a pretty conservative state minus Seattle. Minus Seattle, right. But if you take out like the hardcore blue states that they already know that they're going to win and run up these major vote numbers in the actual states that matter in terms of the electoral vote, it's way higher than that. And so, no, I, 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 I have said from the beginning, I think the Democrats are uniquely screwed because uh, Trump has been able to create a really weird uh, uh, um, coalition based entirely on a cult of personality around him meaning he can shapeshift politically and they don't care. They just believe in Trump as the strong man that's going to save them. The Democrats have to create a, a standard coalition against that. And it's hard because their coalition is divided between uh, establishment boomers who don't like who vote Democrat because their parents voted Democrat, so they vote Democrat, but they're, they could just as easily vote Republican or not vote if it goes too far to the left. And uh, uh, hardcore progressive, you know, far left voters who are, are voting on a, you know, a class warfare, uh, you know, standard socialist. They're voting for democratic socialism. They're voting for socialist and com- communist accelerationism. You know, those are like the standard Bernie voters. Then you've got the and these are the ones that are also seeming to go behind Biden. You've got a lot of minority voters that are voting on on minority specific interest, uh, you know, civil rights issues and things like that. Uh, another group that the Libertarian Party I- ignores at its peril, but God forbid we reach out. God forbid, God forbid we get out of the convention room and talk to the people in the lobby. Anyway, um, the uh, the so you've got that group. So you've got a really weird coalition that you and and blue collar voters that are in unions who are increasingly going to Trump. So it's it's a really weird mishmash you have to hold together, and all of their candidates deeply offend one or more of the of the groups that they need to 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 build that. Uh, and Bloomberg somehow offends them all, <laughs> which is fun. But so no, I mean I think that this is. You know, we've said from the beginning we think this is Trump's to lose. I will, with the caveat that if we go into a massive bubble correction and pandemic at the same time, where we're looking yeah. at a a world that is temporarily worse than anything any of us that are alive have ever experienced, that changes the calculus entirely, and it's completely up in the air what could happen then, including uh, the election being temporarily suspended. But I, I, short of that, I think you have a. I think you end up having a massive vote for change, which is probably going to look like people voting uh, Democrat because they're not the ones in charge. But it could also look. And again, going back to because I'm running for office as a libertarian, it also could be an opportunity, a major opportunity for people to vote completely outside the Democrat and Republican uh, uh, narrative uh, 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 paradigm. But it's going to require a candidate that even gets attention. Um, so. Real quick, the New York Times has now upgraded Minnesota. 
Uh, they aren't calling it yet, but now they're saying very likely Biden. Okay. And this is actually very huge. If Biden wins Minnesota, yeah. thanks to the endorsement Klobuchar. from Klobuchar yep. and Mayor Pete, who are both, you know, Midwesterner yep. Democrats, yep. this will push Biden ahead in later primary states like uh, Michigan, Wisconsin, Indiana. He's going to get a huge jump yep. because of this. Yeah. They're going to follow suit with Minnesota. This is huge for Biden. And and it's it's also and, not, I'm sorry, go ahead. And initially like in the notes, literally what I have for Minnesota, uh Bernie's projected to win, but she endorsed Biden so the majority of her supporters who didn't vote early and that was a big portion of that who didn't vote early may yep. go to Biden, which is what's uh, happening. Yeah. Right. Uh our prediction was 55 for 55% of the delegates for Bernie, 35 for Joe. This is my prediction, not our prediction. And the rest distributed between the other two. This is looking like it is going to be absolutely wrong. And that is huge news for Biden because yeah. if he starts pulling the Midwest, he could catapult himself all the way up to 1991 first ballot. When you freaking numpty dumps were out there talking about how we were stupid for thinking Biden was going to get this because Biden's d- dumb and he's segregationist and oh, come on, look at this Kamala Mentum. Remember that, guys? That was last, that was less than a year ago. Remember that? We were sitting here standing steadfast saying Joe Biden's going to get this. I remember after, after Iowa and New Hampshire? And they were going, oh, this is Bernie's. What do you guys have to say to that? What do you have to say to that? Now look. Stop thinking we're not going to be right about everything. Right. We're, we're going to be right. We're going to be right. We're definitely going to be right. Especially on this kind of stuff, we're going to be right. I'm we're trying you, to find notes from that far back. We're sometimes wrong, but we're going to be right. We called like all of the major contests on the midterms. What's really hours or even days before they were called for anybody who doesn't know this is how i used to do the notes for the show they used to be all handwritten in a notebook and now we have updated yeah it's right here that's interesting um and now we have updated to using actual decent technology like the internet yeah 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 and word processors yeah um trying to find i know that in one of the many notebooks that i have around here I have our, I think I have it dated too. Oh, our um, predictions that we made. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Joe, Joe Biden still ahead, holding yeah. on to a very small lead in Maine with 25% reporting with a seven-point lead in Massachusetts. If he wins Massachusetts, here is the thing, guys. More important than, you know, him winning Massachusetts is just a flex on Bernie. Him winning Midwestern states and Southeastern states is what actually matters. Not just from a delegate standpoint, but from from like a delegate count standpoint, but from how the operatives are going to look at things. Because those are the states you need to win. Bernie Sanders can win 90% of the vote in traditional blue states, and it won't matter if he underperforms in Wisconsin, in Michigan, in Minnesota, in Pennsylvania, in Ohio, in 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 Iowa, 
in those in Nebraska, well, Nebraska is pretty red, but but in those types of states, in Texas, which in is not quite a swing state, but it's you can do pretty well there. Uh, in Florida, if Biden wins those kinds of states, even if Bernie kills it in California, which it's looking like that's going to possibly be close, if if Texas is, even if Biden kills it in those places or Bernie kills it in those places, if Biden edges him out like he did to Buttigieg in, uh, in, in the states that matter on election day, that's going to be a serious, like that's going to be a serious argument, real serious rational argument in favor of going with Biden over Bernie, which is what we said last year. So right now, as of two minutes ago, Maine's continuing to count its votes with Biden now enjoying uh another state apparently just got called for biden i'll have to look that one up real quick um enjoying a lead of less than a percentage point in maine lewiston maine uh which is the second largest city has now reported and biden's victory there closely matched his current margin in the state he won 33.7 percent of the vote to 32.3 so maine is not off the table for anybody but there's definitely uh, there's definitely the chance of Biden winning Biden running it. running well not running away Biden winning it which will be huge it, it will be huge. huge he'll be he'll be flexing that that's that's just flexing on him I, I assume Maine is a state where the delegates are split proportionally so there's oh. not going to be a huge different delegate wise whether you know Bernie wins by a point or two or Biden wins by a point or two. It's just right. the bragging rights of being able to say, uh, yeah, I just beat Bernie Sanders in his backyard and in Massachusetts. That will be a freaking flex. That will be a hard, hard flex to say, I beat Bernie Sanders in in the capital of New England. I mean, Massachusetts is the most populous state in New England with the most populous city in New England. It's not even close. When people say New England, they think Massachusetts. Like, that would be a gigantic, a gigantic flex to the, the to the Biden campaign. One that I don't think, was anyone anticipating that? No, nobody was anticipating that. Uh, it looked, it was between uh, Bernie and Warren in Massachusetts. Like, it could have gone either way, but it looked like Bernie was going to take it. And it was going to be really funny because... Bernie was going to bitch slap Warren in her home state. Yeah. Um, well, now she's now, looking like she's going to come in third. Right. Now it's looking like she could come in third and just get demolished. Which two rich which, old white guys. Which could help Bernie because for her to come in third in her own state, there is going to be some serious pressure on her on the progressive wing to drop out because for oh, her to say, Arkansas. what's that? Sorry. I'm, I was thinking out loud. I'm betting Arkansas was just called for Biden is what I'm betting. That probably so Joe Biden ahead in Minnesota and Arkansas, Tennessee, Alabama, Oklahoma, Maine, Massachusetts, uh, North Carolina and Virginia have already been called for him so far. Yeah. Vermont. Has been called for Bernie. Oh, in Colorado. 
Colorado and Vermont have been called for Bernie, his home state, and Colorado. Oh, wow. Yeah, so according to NPR, Biden projected to win Minnesota. That makes... I mean, the the numbers here reflect that, so... Which is... In Texas... All of these forecasts that we were looking at did not anticipate him winning Minnesota. So no, not that that three and ten, he's probably going to have. I'm guessing he's going to have close to even odds when all said and done tonight of of winning the of winning the majority of delegates before the convention coming into the convention, which will make him the presumptive nominee. And there will be no argument for why. He shouldn't be. Well, I, it's not even a matter of argument. That's the rules, right? They're bound in the first. the The candidates are are uh, the delegates are bound by the results of their state primaries in the first round, right? Yeah. So it so it doesn't matter if there's an argument or not. He's going to just automatically get it, right? Um, and that Sanders one in twelve is probably going to drop to even less than one in twelve, meaning he's going into a brokered convention. That he will not win, especially if again, the only shot he has, if he doesn't get the majority, is to not just have more delegates than anyone else, but to have a a fairly good commanding lead of the delegates. That doesn't look like it's going to happen anymore. So what it's okay. So what it's looking like in Texas is that Bernie Sanders is winning more of the rural. That's so weird. Like it says only 10% reporting here, um, but it, it says 35% uh, where I'm looking. Where are you looking? Uh, on 538. Oh, okay. What do you got there? Uh, with 35% reporting, Bernie Sanders at 29%, Joe Biden at 23%, um, Michael Bloomberg at 19%. That is what I have at 10% reporting here. Hmm. Um, but. The New York Times upshot, uh, they are still saying that Texas is leaning Biden. They haven't switched that yet. Really? So they have to yeah, so they have to know have what to know. areas are being Okay. What areas are being counted right now. Okay. Um but, so, but you just said Bernie's outperforming in rural areas. Uh well I was trying to figure it out in my head and then I had to stop that sentence because I don't know if that's right. Oh, okay. Um, okay. <laughs> but yeah, so God, that is so weird that Bernie, that Bernie, it's not weird that Bernie's doing that well in Texas. It's weird that with Bernie doing so well, the New York Times is still saying that it's slightly leaning Biden. In Texas? In Texas. That has to mean that the Western side of the state is way more conservative. Right. And and here's the thing with Massachusetts. What are they saying about Massachusetts? Are they saying Bernie's still ahead there? Or? Um, on let me switch back to that. Because I just wonder if it's like Boston gets counted way after or something. So there you've got with 34% reporting, uh, 34% for Biden, 27 for Sanders, nine, 20, well, 20, 20 for Warren. Right, but do they say like who they give the edge to there? Uh, let me go back over to that one. Oh wait, let me just see the free thing. 
Bernie back ahead in Maine, by the way, with 32% reporting. Uh, Massachusetts says maybe Biden. Really? If he wins Minnesota and Massachusetts, this race, I wish you people would listen to us from now on. You, Some of y'all had me doubting myself a little after New Hampshire. I'm like, wow, maybe Biden just really is going to crash and burn. I shouldn't second-guess myself. If everything works out the way it is right now, Biden will get 620 delegates tonight. 620 delegates tonight. Now, what are the Which odds? I think Go ahead. That was option two. Yeah. Ranking in over 600 delegates, burning around 400, which he'd get, well, he'd get 574 because the other two would just get trounced, which is, that's what's going to happen. Well, so that was actually more like, what was that, prediction number three or four? Where the, four. Where, where it's yeah. just Bernie and, and Biden walking away with it. And uh, and uh, we missed you too, Sean. Um, uh, where's my notes? Where are my notes? Here. Where, yeah, three, uh, no, four, our, four, our prediction number four that uh, this just becomes Biden and Bernie's race and the other, other two get almost nothing. Which is right. what it's looking Which. like. It's looking like Warren's going to get next to nothing, and Bloomberg got American Samoa. But it's looking like they're going to. Yeah, it's looking like option four is what's going to happen. Everyone's coalescing around the the socialist candidate and the anti-socialist candidate. Right. Um, but but it, that, but that it's working for Bernie or for Biden. So no one predicted an outcome in which Biden won Minnesota and Bloomberg won American Samoa. Right. That didn't come up in any prediction. American Samoa. In no one, there's there was no model, computer model that showed that happening. That was not considered likely for those two things to happen. And yet here we are. No, every computer model that I saw on American Samoa had uh, Biden at 36%, Bernie at 35.5%, and then the rest was just kind of split up. So Bloomberg, Bloomberg killing it in American Samoa. Um, interesting thing there is he, with it being that close, he didn't really, he stole it from both of them equally, basically. Yeah. Oh, but Ga- uh, so Tulsi Gabbard came in second there with 29%. Really? Yeah. But she's Hawaiian. Yeah, I get that, but I mean... Interesting territory, American Samoa, apparently. Yeah, apparently. apparently. But you know so. what? Good kava there. Really good kava over there in American Samoa. So a lot of muddied uh, voters over there. So, uh, you know, to... to the American Samoans out there, Bulavanaka. Bulavanaka to American Bulavanaka Samoa. for completely throwing us for a loop. Why the hell not? Good for them. Why not? Why not? I cannot wait for this Democrat primary forecast to update, which I'm sure they're waiting to the end for that. Day. Now, uh, Matt, what do you think the odds are that California is going to be so horrified by what they're witnessing uh, in other states that you're going to see this massive move over to Bernie, sort of like defensive voting for, for Bernie? Or, or or are there even enough people on the fence for that to even happen or make a difference? 
Um, so again, like we said earlier, more than half the voters vote by mail. Oh yeah. So 50% of them have already voted and it had to be postmarked today. So that meant that actually about probably an hour and two hours ago, two hours ago. I can't do math. Two hours ago, uh, two hours ago when the post office closed at five, that was when all votes had to be in. Right. Now, everybody kind of knew about Virginia and North Carolina and Vermont. You kind of knew which way those were going. You knew that uh, Arkansas, which I think just was called, uh, was going to go Biden. But like uh, Maine and Massachusetts, you thought that was going to be more of a race between Bernie and Warren. Yeah. And that nobody saw that Biden was going to be in it. So 50% of these people, and you have to remember, of these 50%, at least 20% of that 50, I can't do math that well, 75 7.5 to 10% uh, of those people, or of the entire people that vote, voted for Buttigieg, Klobuchar, or somebody else that dropped out. So you're looking at 20% of the voting block that's gone. Yep. 20% of the voting block gone voting for people who are no longer running. So and people who are showing up to the polls today, I think everybody showing up today knows who they're going to vote for. So you don't think there's going to be this because their polls close in an hour. You don't think in this next hour, there's going to be enough people saying, well, I was considering, you know, voting for Warren, but I'm going to have to vote for Bernie now to try to stave that. You don't think it's going to be enough to make a, a huge difference anyway. I don't no, I don't think so, because yeah. I think that Bernie, and again, this is looking at models, which I've been doing literally all week, right? Um, enjoying the crap out of it, too, which is really weird, because I hate stats. Um, but <laughs> I, uh, I think that looking at models, it looks like Bernie should win the vast majority. And did I put it in the notes how weird California does this? Yes, you did. And I uh did we I think we talked about that, no? Yeah, no. Uh Okay. Uh actually no, I didn't put it in here. Yeah, you did. I saw it. I I thought I put it in there, but it's not in the California section. I wonder if it got deleted cuz it may have. But I definitely did put it in there. You did put it in there. Luckily, I texted it to somebody else. Yeah, no, the um, the Calif- I, I was wondering about that cuz I'm like, when are we going to talk about California? Do you need time to pull that up or? So I found it. Okay. So 140, they have a crap ton of delegates, 415 or so massive amount of delegates, right? The largest delegate poll in the nation. So of the 415 delegates, 144 will be based on the popular vote of the state. Okay. 144. So 144 are just going to go straight to whoever wins the popular vote. To whoever gets the popular okay. vote, which All is right. going to be Bernie. Okay. That's going to be Bernie. The other 271 will be divvied up based on each individual congressional district, probably based on population of district. So almost like an electoral college for each district in the state. Right. Which I would assume probably helps Biden. I would think so in areas like LA, San Francisco, the, the heavier concentrated, I think that actually helps 
Bernie, but in the more rural areas, he's going to be pulling a lot from there. Right. So since it's a proportional thing, since it's a proportional state, as all of the states are, uh, since it's a proportional state and you're looking at it from the amount of votes that they get, not strictly just on popular. Oh, wait, so the 144 doesn't all go to who wins the popular vote. That's going to still be proportional as well. Wow. Yeah, so California, like, there is a chance, minimal, minimal chance, definitely not calling this. Yeah. Minimal chance that Biden can gain a lot more delegates in California than anybody thought was actually possible. Yeah. And keep that keep that gap as narrow as like as close as they possibly can. Right. Which would be huge for the Biden campaign. So So maybe, so you know what, actually going back to your question, maybe, maybe people are going, Oh, well I was going to vote for Warren, but now I'm going to vote for Bernie just because I can't have Biden. But it's not even going to make that big of a difference because it's so proportional that unless a hundred percent of the voters, even the ones voting for Biden said, in this next hour, I'm voting for Bernie. It's not going to be enough of a swing to make a huge difference. Mm-mm. No, because over 50% of, of the voting bloc has already voted. <laughs> Just incredible. This is incredible. Oh, good. Stuff. My buddy in uh, Nashville who lives, like, I know he lives really near where the tornado is. Um, well, the tornado was. Uh he is good and all is well with him. Good, good, good. Message, so I'm very glad to hear that, Brad. Love you. And uh, I also love you, Brad. You are... <laughs> I'm glad to hear that you are doing okay and that everybody there is fine. Uh, Bass over on uh, YouTube asked if we saw when Trump ducked down at his podium to make fun of Bloomberg. I <laughs> yeah, did. I didn't I, watch uh, the. I just saw a screenshot of it, but I didn't see the whole. Yeah. The whole CPAC. thing. I didn't, I didn't. I didn't watch the entire thing. I just saw that he did that. Uh, Sarah Tonin says, "I know Matt remembers. I was a Bernie supporter in 2016, and so he thinks I'm just a sore loser." We don't think. That. I don't think you're a sore, think loser, you're a sore loser. But you are already calling. Where is it? I don't have to go up too much further. Um. You are already saying, uh, da, 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 da. she said Biden didn't even campaign in any of these states. This is what? a joke. Do you believe these vote counts? Like you? <sighs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Yes. Yeah, I, I do. I, I have I no do. reason not to believe these vote. Counts. I don't believe what they tried to do in Iowa. That was garbage. Like that, that was, was a total screw Bernie. Whether it's Buttigieg or whoever, we're going to screw Bernie. That that was that was calculated perfectly to try to blunt the reality, which ended up being that Bernie won Iowa, and to stretch yeah. it out as much as possible to make it look like he didn't win. Most people don't realize he actually ended up winning Iowa. Like that's how convoluted they did it. That was intentional. They wanted the, so the he won the popular vote, but he didn't win the delegate count. Right, right, right. But he got the most votes there. They like wanted it to look like, you know, there was Buddha judgmentum or at least that, you know, Bernie was a, you know, a paper dragon that he wasn't going to do as well as people thought that was intentional. Like that was not an app malfunction. That was intentional. Uh, It was close enough that they figured out that they could screw him that way. Um, So, I mean, they have their legitimate complaints about how this has gone. The rest of these votes, I think this is what we thought would happen. Boomers. Uh, and 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 Obama supporters uh, are showing up and voting for 
Biden. Um, black voters are showing up en masse and voting for Biden. Um, you know, it is what it is. Uh, let's see here. Um, Matt Peterson, Vols, member of Team Supreme, said, R.I.P. Uh, Bernie, uh, just got out of work watching these results come through. is just gross. This is, Matt, this is what uh, Matt Wright and I have been, Matt here to my left, have been uh, predicting, uh, for, or to my right, to your left, have been cr- predicting from the beginning is that People who don't follow day-to-day politics are going to show up and go, oh, Joe Biden, he was Obama's vice president. What a great time that was. Boop. Yep. And that's what's happening. That is 100% what's happening. He didn't even have to campaign there. He did, I think, in the last couple weeks. He's done two rallies in Texas. That's it. Now, he's probably, it looks like he's not going to win Texas, but he didn't campaign in any of these states. And Bernie's been all over the place, and Bernie has serious excitement momentum. That's completely different than so people Bernie who just show. Bernie skipped a lot of the South. Well, he also knew there wasn't a shot. Like, it wasn't. Right. But you know what? Honestly, he probably screwed himself there because he could have. It is not hard for a progressive Democrat to convince a black voter that they're the best choice for them. It's a lot harder when you don't go there and talk to them. And everywhere else he campaigned was overwhelmingly white. And so Biden, that allowed Joe Biden, who, I mean, Matt has defended his support of segregation in the past, but, you know, I mean, Joe Biden, who has a lot of terrible optics, who, you know, brags to audiences about his support of anti-busing policies. Matt, the South will rise again, right? Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, but I mean, Joe Biden, who goes in front of audiences of almost entirely black people and brags about the time that he threatened to hang a black man for jumping in into a pool, swimming pool without a shower cap on and getting his black hair in the clean pool. Like, I mean, th- this is someone who's eminently easy to beat if you go there and talk to them, which is another thing I tell libertarians. But God forbid we do that either. Because they're not in our little room we booked. And so, at any rate... Uh, I feel like some of this is a little personal for you. It's just like, maybe let's try to do what political parties do, which is contest and win elections. I don't know. Anyway, uh, that's my own little personal axe to grind. Uh, Austin is definitely going to be fun uh, if it doesn't get canceled. Um, yeah. And again, I'm not going there to hurt anyone's feelings. Like, I, I'm... We need to start trying to win elections. And it turns out you got to like talk to voters who might not even agree with your ideas at first. And anyway. Or people who have never heard of your party. People who have never heard of you in the building that you're... It is much more important that we talk to the dozens of other fellow libertarians who already completely agree 100% to the point that they're actually signing up to be delegates to go to Austin and and vote for the, the, who they want to be the nominee. They are so diehard, dyed-in-the-wool libertarians. That is clearly who we need to spend all of our time with. Not the people in the lobby who outnumber us 20 to 1 and have never heard of us. Not to mention the people outside the building who outnumber us thousands to one and also have never heard of us. Nope. We definitely need to just keep talking to each other. Um, just saw a great headline. It says Bloomberg spends 500 million wins American Samoa. 
<laughs> it, hey, it, it worked in American Samoa. Yeah. Um, apparently with 40% in in Texas, uh, Bernie holding on to a 6% lead. In Texas? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's looking like he's going to win Texas. But again, like you said, it's not as... Oh, we were talking about California, but I was reading this thing. They're also right. very proportional. So he'll get the you know the lion's share of the delegates, but Biden will pick up some delegates there as he's picking up in places that no one expected him to win. Now, uh, speaking of places that uh, uh, Bernie has been overwhelmingly expected to win, with 61% uh, uh, counted in Utah, uh, Bernie is ahead there, 33% to uh, 19% with Mayor Bloomberg. Uh, in third place is Liz Warren with 16%. So Biden, Biden, Joe Mentum not making it into Mormon country. No. Um, Utah yeah. is a very independent voting group because mm-hmm. they are um, Mormon. And Mormons are uniquely independent in, in how they approach things. They often intentionally vote differently than everyone else would expect them to so um that's not surprising and i believe bernie actually has a lot of progressive mormon support and has for a while so um i want to say he beat hillary in 2016 in utah as well um so the only state left to start reporting is california which will happen in god 38 minutes jesus um, well, I, I put in the notes that I don't think that we're going to get to. Well, there's no reason to go to California because we don't know when all of their ballots are going to be. It's going to take days. So, we'll, we'll we'll talk about California on next Tuesday because that's when we'll actually know what happened there. Right. Uh, in Massachusetts, 46 percent in Biden holding on 33 we'll point 34 percent. Bernie in second with 27 and Warren with 20. And in Maine with 37% reporting, Bernie is ahead uh, by 34. What I'm looking at only says it doesn't give the, it only gives round numbers. It doesn't give the percent, but it's saying 34 to 34, but with Biden ahead or Bernie ahead. uh, Oh, so I'm looking at Politico right now. Okay. And on Politico, they have 49% in. Mm Mm-hmm. Biden at 34.1, Bernie at 33.6, and Warren with 16. So that's actually more, that's a more recent one than what I'm I'm looking at, 37%. And you said 49%. So with nearly 50% in, Joe Biden ahead by what, uh, 0.6%, something like that? 0.5%. In Maine! In Maine. In Maine. And ahead in Massachusetts. Joe Biden, when, if you ask me, and, and it, I'm sure it doesn't matter nearly as much from a delegate standpoint. Mm-mm. From an optics standpoint, it's huge. Joe Biden winning a fairly decent lead in Massachusetts and Minnesota is a gigantic, I'm the presumptive front runner. I, I'm the front runner now. Like that, yeah. that is a gigantic, I am the front runner. No one can say I'm not. By the way, Joe Biden took him 30 years, 32 years to win one primary. Three days later, he's the nominee now. 
Right. That is an impressive... If you tried to chart that, that would just be like... Like that. There would just be like, you know, there would be like this long line of nothing and then a little bump at the middle of straight up. Right. This is what Joe Biden um, has been saying would happen for 32 years. <laughs> no one believed him except me and Matt and and him. And I guess his, I don't think his wife believed him. Um, no. But yeah, Especially here we after are. Especially after finger. I, sp- I, I would say he, she probably, she probably voted, voted for, when does Delaware vote? Uh, in a couple of weeks. Okay, she'll probably vote for Bernie because he literally like chewed on her finger on national television. National television, uh, Inter- well, international, international, yeah, international, international, international. Yeah, the whole world saw that. Uh, do you want to do Supreme Court or more Chris Reynolds? Let's let's finish off Chris and then we'll do we'll do uh, Supreme Court okay. just so I can keep things linear. Personal injury attorney Chris Reynolds here with one of your favorite segments of the week where Spike uh, shed some light on some of the more nuanced and complicated subjects um, circulating throughout the world, uh, which, of course, this week has to do with the New York Knicks. Um, obviously, after, um, you know, the, the, the main thing that you think of after you think of losing um, associated with the New York Knicks is Spike Lee. And Spike Lee goes to a game last night and is asked basically to leave. Um, probably the most, one of the most passionate fans for such a losing franchise that I've ever seen in my lifetime. Um, so I would love to hear what, uh, what Spike thinks about how Spike Lee was, was treated. Thanks. Why, why was he, I'm, I'm Googling this. Why was he asked to leave? I, I honestly don't know. Um, Oh, he tried to go in through an employee entrance, and he's not right. An employee, um, and he's not an employee. So they asked him to leave, and now he is saying that he is never going back to Madison Square. He's not going back to Madison Square Garden. Oh wow! And he's been there forever. Yeah, he. I don't think he's missed a game since. Yeah, he's like been a fixture of. I don't even know. Do the right thing came out in uh, July of two thousand, or sorry, July of nineteen eighty nine. I don't think he's missed a game since. I mean, when you said that this was about the Knicks, I thought I don't, I can't tell you anyone who has played for the Knicks since Patrick Ewing and that Jeremy Lin guy, who I think is now with the Raptors. This is the level of stuff I know about basket, about professional sports, like professional sports in general. If it's not prize fighting, um, so when you said Spike Lee, I'm like, well, I at least know who that is. But I will say that's pretty devastating. If you're like, I mean, that he's like a fixture of those games. So I don't know what else to say. That's that's crazy. I I don't. I mean, I I, I this might come as a shock, but I don't haven't really heard much about this. Um, to be able to tell you one way or another what I think. So that's what I have to say about that. Matt, do you have anything to say besides what you've already said? No, I don't like. I've never liked Spike Lee. What this brought up, and I'm not sure why. 
um, was uh, another thing that happened a few days ago was uh, so Chuck D of Public Enemy endorsed Bernie Sanders. Um, and Bernie Sanders uh, was going to uh, there, there was a, a, a Public Enemy concert uh, that was also then going to have Bernie give a speech. And so Bernie put out a, a, uh, a poster which shows him like, you know, doing this or putting up his fist and it says Public Enemy and Bernie Sanders or whatever. And Flavor Flav sent a uh, a tweet or or a cease and desist, telling Bernie to stop using Public Enemy's name and that you know they he gave no permission for that and that he won't be he won't be performing at it now. And it turns out Chuck D actually owns all the rights to Public Enemy, and so Flavor Flav had no authority to say any of that. Um, and so Chuck D. Oh, that's probably why it came up because like a, you talk about fixtures. Spike Lee being at the Knicks game at Madison Square Garden and Flavor Flav being in Public Enemy. Two things that ended this week. Yeah. At he least was, they waited the till after. Man. What's that? He was the hype man, right? Yeah, he was the hype man. And he's arguably way more famous than Chuck D. Now, Chuck D is the he's the one that wrote the most of the lyrics. And he's he's the the the, the real like he came up with the brand Public Enemy and, and everything else. Um I, I, Flavor Flav was more, I mean, he was a rapper and a hype man. He wasn't just a hype man, but he definitely was not like, I mean, Chuck D is the mind behind it. But, I mean, thankfully they all waited until after Black History Month to do this stuff because you got Spike Lee no longer going to Madison Square Garden. This was a rough Black History Month. This was a rough, this was a really, really, it reached a point where people stopped talking about it. Because it was just a, a just a rough, a rough Black History Month. So that's what I think about that. Let's go through the next one. Personal injury attorney Chris Reynolds here with yet another AOC Millennial Minute. So um, we recently had um, the the South Carolina primary, and um, a lot of people um, online, at least seemed pretty confused how um, all of these media outlets were calling um, victory for Joe Biden with pretty much 0% reporting. Um, We had issues, obviously, in the 2016 election. Everyone thought that Hillary had it in the bag, and obviously that was a mistake as well. Um, and so I would love to, to hear um, your all's take or perspective on, you know, how they come up with these numbers and can we believe them this time? Thanks. Matt, I'll let you start because I actually live in South Carolina. So as far as how they're predicting the, how they're predicting the elections on election day, they're doing it by exit poll. They're interview. They're asking people as they're leaving who they voted for. Yep. Um, and assuming that everybody is telling them the truth, which I've tried to do exit polling before. Very difficult to do because so many people do not want to tell you. Right. And then from that, you can't just do a straight up. This is what I was told by people. You then have to break those people into the various demographics of who was projected to vote. So it's a it, it's not just 
Because if only white, for example, if for some reason only white people answered, you can't just go with what they said because you have to yeah. factor in black voters and Hispanic voters. So it's very, exit polling is a very difficult science. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, you're fine. Uh, but when it comes to early polling, much like what we're looking at today, right? much like what we're looking at today, people have separate models for everything. That's why at the beginning we had five different ways that this could go. And it's still too early to say which one of those five it's going to be. Um, it's still too early to say which one of those five uh, it's going to be. Um, sorry, I just read an interesting update. Um, but because of that, because there are so many different models and so many different ways that this, that everything can play out, right. you have the, you have the narratives that people choose and they go with it. Um, they have the narratives and they go with it and that's what the media reports and that's what people push. I know numerous people who are Bernie fans. And if you were to ask any of them this morning, it would have been option three, Bernie wins huge and brings in, and they would have gone more than 600 delegates, which I wasn't willing to say that. I was saying about 600. Right. I don't think he would have hit 600. I think he would have been about 570-ish. Um, and then Biden around 450. They would have said the opposite and saying that Biden comes in with over 600 delegates and or Bernie comes in with yep. over 600 delegates and uh, Bernie Biden would end up with about four. Now, because of that, you have to look at all the models and try to figure out where all the trends are going. The way that, for instance, the way that we saw it going, the way that we saw it going, it looked like it was going to be a lot closer than what it appears to be happening. Yep. Although with Texas and California still out there, Utah was just called for Bernie, which isn't a surprise. Yeah. Um, but that we did not predict was, Bernie running away with it. Right. We yeah. did not. Yeah, we definitely didn't. Do right. That. Right. But back in 2016, so many models showed that Hillary Clinton was going to run away with it. That was the narrative being pushed. Mm -hmm. That was also the narrative that made so many conservatives go out and vote because they had to beat her and that kept a lot of uh democrats i won't even say liberals but that kept a lot of democrats from going out to vote because they didn't think they had to yep so that's kind of where you're at with early uh early polling and models and that what is being reported to you by the media which is why you should just watch this show we said what was going to happen a year ago. Yeah, we did. Over a year ago. Yeah, we did. And lo and behold. Look at that. Look at that. Yeah, it was last it was last February we started talking about this. Before I was on before I was on the show Muddy Waters was saying what was going to happen with the impeachment. He was going to get impeached for something and then he was going to get acquitted for it. You guys are just causing undue harm to yourselves by not just watching this show, taking what we say as the absolute truth, and then sharing it with your loved ones so that they also watch it and decide what the truth is based on what we say. So we could all just save a lot of time. 
Matt yeah, said pretty we, much. We, we save no time. Well, I mean, you know, save time on worrying about it. Just watch us and we'll tell you what's going to happen. Just, yeah. Just watch us. It's only like three hours. Um, but so Matt said everything I would say and more when it comes to exit polling and, and early vote counts and everything. That's even more detailed than I would, than I, I would have said. I want to talk specifically about South Carolina. I could have told you what was going to happen in South Carolina. I didn't think he was going to get 48%, but I knew he was going to get over 35 or 36%. I knew he was going to walk away with it. And the reason for that is that the South Carolina Democratic primary electorate is something like 60% black. It is the blackest, I believe, the blackest, uh, most overwhelmingly black uh, electorate of any state uh, or Democrat, you know, party voting electorate of any state. The Democratic Party in South Carolina is essentially a black party now. There are certainly white people in it, but all of the people in major uh, positions of power are black. It's it's a black party. It is, the, it, by the way, and that's the future of the Democratic Party in the Southeast in particular, is just being black-dominated parties because white Voters are increasingly becoming white identity voters, meaning that they are becoming a voting bloc that votes Republican, especially in the South. And black people vote Democrat. Like well over 90% of black people vote Democrat. And so that's the reality is that if you want to win the Democratic nomination, but especially in the South, you have to appeal to black voters. Joe Biden is Barack Obama's vice president the end he's the vice president to the first black president first and only black president in history that's it oh and no one came and really contested here because they figured texas and you know florida and uh, california and minnesota and, and wisconsin were better uses of their time which may or may not be true but they completely left it open for biden to just walk away with it and guess what guys if Bernie had maybe spent a few times in South Carolina to help blunt that momentum in South Carolina, we might not be witnessing what we're witnessing right now. We may be witnessing uh, Bernie Sanders on his way to getting a majority of delegates. Because let's be clear, we are we are witnessing the very real possibility of Joe Biden marching to a majority of delegates before he gets to the convention. That could have all been blunted by spending a few times in South Carolina and talking about Joe Biden's problematic issues with black people. But they didn't. They just ceded the entire state to him. In a party that is increasingly reliant on black voters for relevance. Stupid. I'm not saying camp out here. Come here four or five times and bring up some of the stuff Joe Biden said. And make that be the conversation. But that didn't happen. So, so the New York Times is still leaning Biden in Texas, which is huge. Really, still leading. So on Politico, I've got it pulled up, and it looks as though in all of the major—I had that backwards—in all of the major cities outside of Austin, or out, sorry, outside of Houston. Mm-hmm. So in El Paso, Corpus Christi, San Antonio, Austin, Dallas, Fort Worth. All of those are Bernie, where he's winning pretty massively. Mm-hmm. 
almost everywhere else in the state appears to be going by. So it's just, does the people outside of those cities, including Houston, do they have enough to overtake Bernie? Yeah, exactly. So, By the way, uh, Joe Biden was only given a one in five chance, uh, actually a 19% chance of winning Minnesota. So that was a total upset there. And that even factored in Klobuchar dropping out and endorsing him. Yeah. So that is a that is the biggest upset of the night. I have to think that Massachusetts him winning Massachusetts if that happens will be at least an equally big upset. Okay. Oh, here's an update on the forecast. Uh the odds now um well, Wait, is this uh, Are you talking about 538? Yeah, 538 doing their prediction. Uh, says so in less than, we're going to have to take a night to simulate here. Oh, the simulation thing? Yeah, the simulation. By the way, their simulator has completely crapped out on them because he won Minnesota. Yeah. It's not making predictions anymore. Which is funny. Yeah. So what's funny is I uh, was playing around with their simulator yeah. yesterday because anybody could have gone in and done it. Yeah. I, I did and, the same thing. I played with the prediction thing. Yeah. Right. And it would not let you, would not let you choose Biden for Minnesota. Yeah. Wouldn't do it. Yep. So anyway, their, their uh, prospect is that now no one getting the majority goes up to 65.1% and Joe Biden getting the nom- uh Joe Biden getting uh, a majority at 30.1%. So now that's 95.2% that either no one gets the majority or Joe Biden gets the majority. Both of those scenarios are Bernie does not get the nomination. Both of the yeah. Yeah. No matter So it's like a 95.2% of- chance that Bernie is not going to get the nomination. And as as much as I'm afraid to say this, but also I feel very confident in it, even before tonight, I knew there was a 0% chance of Bernie ending up with this nomination. Yeah. 0%. If he walked in with anything I, less than a majority, which was never going to happen, they were, happen, they were going to find a way to screw him out of it. Now they don't even have to screw him. They can just say, I mean, so the average delegates here, it's saying that they're projecting Joe Biden to get an, an average of 1,775 delegates and for Bernie Sanders to get a a, 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 a average of 1,358 delegates. They are predicting that Joe Biden, even if he doesn't get a majority, is going to come in with over 400 more delegates than than Bernie Sanders. There is no argument that can be made for why in light of that, to not to left-wing activists, but to the people who run the party, the establishment that runs the party, there is no argument you are going to be able to make that they should give it to Bernie if if Biden is that close to a majority and has that many more delegates than Bernie. There's no argument that you're going to be able to make that's going to sway them. They're going to simply hand it to the guy who is way ahead in the lead. 
it's it's that's simply what's going to happen. Um, but but very very interesting. Ninety five point. Uh, Bernie Sanders has at this point a four point eight percent chance of getting the majority of delegates. And that is and that is with factoring in him winning California. Like they're already saying with him winning California, four point eight percent. But it does not say with him winning Texas. So it might go up a little bit if he wins Texas, but it's not gonna go up right. enough for it to Texas matter. Is, Texas is gonna be a huge Texas is gonna be a huge uh difference maker. But for them to still be saying they're leaning Biden it clearly for no one to be panicking, pressing the, the panic button on that and saying Bernie's going to get it. Uh, they know something that we're kind of predicting, which is that, that the West coast votes are going to be, you know, a lot, a lot, uh, or, or West, West side vote with the Western half votes are going to be more, uh, the rural votes are going to be more, uh, pro Biden but I, I, I at this point I'm thinking Bernie's going to win that but it's also looking like Biden's going to win Massachusetts I find that so funny um, so I guess in Houston there are extremely long lines in black and Latino neighborhoods due to the fact that Texas closed hundreds of polling places across the state since uh, 2012 including many in Harris County where Houston is if they give those people time to vote, which I think if you're in line, they have to give you time to vote. I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's yeah. whatever rules the Democratic Party wants. So if they give them time to vote, that could be a huge swing. And I, a lot of people are going to disagree with me here, but that's going to be a huge swing for Biden. Yeah, because black and Hispanic voters, I think it's pretty even with Hispanic voters between Biden and Bernie. Right. Um, but black voters, black voters are going to overwhelmingly vote for Biden. Black right. Southern voters are going to overwhelmingly vote for Joe Biden. Um, whatever edge Bernie might have with Hispanic voters, which I think he does have a slight edge with them, completely erased by by the overwhelming share of of black voters that that Joe Biden's going to get. Serotonin mentioned that Barack Obama uh, hasn't even endorsed. Um, hasn't even endorsed Joe Biden. He's not going to. He's a sitting president, and this is a very competitive race, and he doesn't want to be right. seen as... That is that is not that surprising. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Uh, yeah. That's like how, like, George W. Bush, even though he was dead set against, uh, against um, Trump, never made an endorsement prior right. to prior to the nomination. Like, that's just not how it works. Yeah. Sitting presidents don't don't do that so so that's why that happened and she also said that and bernie's civil rights activism would have been a winning combo not if you don't tell them about it very similar to a, another party i've heard of that has a really great record on civil rights but no one effing knows about knows about it because we don't tell anyone we just talk to each other about it get really upset that no one else knows as we then walk out in the lobby and don't make eye contact with anyone So this is actually a really good point. Will the fact that Biden's surging on Super Tuesday, that's going to be like, that's going to be the narrative. Yep. That is going to be the narrative going mm -hmm. into next week. Yep. And next week we have 
We'll close out of that and go to that. Uh, who's, who's, what is that, March 10th? March 10. Sticks. This is why we need an intern, guys. <laughs> that, that would be great. So while uh, he's, while he's, oh, go ahead. So March 10th, it looks like there's only two, and it looks like it's Michigan and Mississippi. He's going to win both of those. He's going to win both of them. Biden's going to win both of those. He's definitely, he was always going to win Mississippi. I think he's going to win Michigan. I don't even know what the polling says there. No, I have no clue. No idea. <laughs> no idea. No idea. I know. It's I can a... easily look that up right now. Don't, don't even know need what to. It is. Don't care. Do, it, it completely irrelevant. Uh, uh, prior to this election, right uh, up until today, the national polling average had Bernie Sanders at twenty eight point nine percent, Joe Biden at eighteen point one percent. How much did that matter after the events that have happened over the last four days? Not a damn yeah. bit. Mm-mm. So no, I don't even care what the polling says. I don't care what the trends say. Joe Biden's gonna. That's Joe Biden's to lose. Because he just won Minnesota, and no one would have predicted that. Nobody would have predicted and that. And Minnesota is way more progressive than Michigan, and Michigan is way blacker than Minnesota. Minnesota um, doesn't have a Detroit. It has Minneapolis. I mean, there are I don't, there are black people in, in Minnesota, but it, it, it's there is a much larger black population in Michigan. And there's a much larger non-progressive population in Michigan. He's going to win Michigan. He was always going to win Mississippi. So there's some more Joe Menton for you. The very next Tuesday is going to be Joe winning, Joe clearing the deck. Hmm. How many weeks of that before people just, who are even the least bit on the, on the, on the fence go, you know what? We got we to gotta get behind. Because here's what, here's what the, that conversation becomes. At this point, it's clear who the front runner is. And we have to get together and defeat Donald Trump. And the only way we can do that is by getting behind the front runner, Joe Biden, the vice president of Barack Obama. And if, oh, and by the way, if you want to see uh, Barack make an endorsement before he actually gets, before Biden gets the majority of delegates, let him start sweeping entire decks where there's serious pressure on Obama to just step in and, 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 and deliver the coup de grace that everyone already saw coming. And if and when that happens, the election's over. The 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 primary's over. There's there's nothing left. Cuz then a lot of Warren voters are going to become Biden voters, which I by the way, I think that's why uh Biden's winning Massachusetts because I'll, and it probably why he's winning Minnesota too. A lot of Warren voters who are progressives who hate Bernie Sanders because frankly, if you're voting for Warren, it's because you're a progressive and because you hate Bernie Sanders for whatever reason. In that scenario, if you're looking at the numbers and you realize Warren's not going to get it, you start voting for Biden just to screw Bernie. This was a perfect storm for Joe that he's been predicting for 32 years. Right. We've been predicting for over a year. He's been predicting right. since before most of us were born. So uh, there's more states voting next week. It's Michigan, Washington, Missouri, Mississippi, Idaho, North Dakota, and the Democrats abroad. Bernie uh, will probably win Democrats abroad. 
Uh, Sanders won that pretty handily. Yeah, he'll win uh, that. In, in Iowa. Uh, that's tough to say. But right now, Michigan. Biden. 50, 50 Sanders, 48 Biden. If, if, it, if it was even that close before, Biden's going to destroy him now. Yeah, with 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 Biden surging, leading the that's narrative yep, of all over. media, yep. he's going to take Michigan. Yep. Washington State, yeah, I know it's frozen, and this entire site is going really slow. It's because everyone's on uh, it. Because everybody's on it. Um, Washington is Sanders is forecasted to win actually pretty handily because Seattle's going to carry him. Yeah, I was going to say he's going to win the West Coast states. He'll probably win Oregon too, I'd assume. Right. Because uh, he's going to win. I, he's going to win Portland. He's going to win Seattle. Like the West Coast is is his to lose. Right. The West Coast is definitely that's Biden's. Oh man. Please do not reload to the top of this page. <laughs> what are you on, Politico? Uh, Five thirty-eight. But where, where? See, I'm just on the live results as they come up. Uh, I am on the 2020 Democratic primary. Oh, you went all the way. AP has called Massachusetts for Biden. <laughs> wow. Yeah, Biden predicted to win Missouri. Biden's predicted to win Mississippi. Yeah. Idaho, that's going to be up in the air. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure what to tell you there. Uh, but That's tough. That's tough. But I will – I'm going to lean toward Democrats abroad. This is the one I want. I want Idaho. Um, Democrats abroad is leaning Sanders, which I kind of figured. I kind of figured that because there's a possibility that Bernie Sanders will get zero delegates in Alabama, which no one predicted. He is dangerously close to falling below the 15% threshold. What do you think that's going to look like when the other Southern states start voting after this night? Biden's going to get, or Bernie's going to get shut out. Uh, Joe Biden had a one in five shot in all prediction models of winning in Massachusetts. AP just called it there for him. Similar one in five shot in Minnesota. Yeah, right now Biden has a three in five chance in Idaho. If it looks like the country is coming behind he's Biden. He's going to win Idaho. He's going to win, win Idaho. He's going to win Idaho. Bernie Sanders is going to clean up in the in the in the the western states but not as much as it looked like before. Right. Um Biden will still get enough to get some I would think some delegates there. Uh Biden's going to sweep the rest of the country. Yeah. I'm not willing to go that far but yeah, it it's going to be He's going to sweep most of the rest of the country. I mean, yeah. is Bernie going to win New York? <sighs> Probably, yeah, yeah, yeah. New York yeah. City, New York, yeah. He's yeah, New he's York yeah. City. New York City, yeah. He's gonna win. He's gonna win. Unless put it this way, if Biden wins New York City, then we need to just even stop talking about this and just wait till after the convention because then it's over. Um, right. But uh, yeah, he's definitely gonna win New York's New York State because he's gonna win New York City. Um, but the rest of them, 
any of the the purple and and reddish states or or the or the light blue states ah it's gonna be biden biden's gonna get the majority of delegates i think i don't i don't I mean, know i'm calling that yeah, i, I think is... he's, i think he's gonna do it all right i i i i it is and this is not a i i'm not gonna die on this hill i might be wrong I think at this point he's definitely going to come in with the most delegates, which means he's almost assuredly going to get the nomination. I think he's going to. I think. I think he's going to get the majority of delegates. I think we're about to see a major realignment here of people starting to co because most voters just want the uncertainty to be over. Like most voters are not ideologically married to any of these people. Clearly, that's why they're voting yeah. for Biden in the first place. Most of these voters are not going to want to see how some convoluted brokered convention plays out where Liz Warren might get it or Mike Bloomberg. Most voters are going to say, you know what? Joe Biden is walking away with it. It's time for us to close ranks around him so that we can defeat Donald Trump in November. And that's going to carry the day. And if the Libertarian Party nominates me in Vermin, we are going to score like freaking 20% of the vote. I, I'm just going to take Spike's campaign update off because I'm afraid of what you'll say. I've already um, said what I have to say, honestly, like I, 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 you know, there are some incredibly principled people running for the libertarian party nomination, Berman, uh, Jacob Hornberger, uh, Dan Berman and, and others. And then there's a couple others that are also running. Um, I even like Ken Armstrong. I don't agree with him, but I think he's incredibly principled and a nice man. And I think he, he yeah. has charisma too. Yeah. I, I actually like him a lot. Yeah. I love him. He's a really cool guy. I, I hate that I don't agree with him politically. And I shouldn't say that. I probably agree with him on 80% of stuff, but you know, he's a constitutionalist. But anyway, all that to say, we have some incredibly good people running that 98% of the country isn't going to care about because the media is not going to put them in front of people. And they're just going to get shut out. And that's a structural thing. And the people that you need to get are disaffected voters, which in this case is going to be something like 15 million Bernie bros who are going to be so pissed off that German Supreme, sure, where do I sign up to vote for him? And if even one in 20 of them said, what's this all about this libertarianism thing? and actually got into it and found out, that would be like a quadrupling of our membership. I... Anyway. We'll see. We will see what happens. And whoever we go with, guys, and this I'm definitely going to be saying, so you don't have to be scared of me saying it here, because I'm going to say it. Every... Whoever we go with, let's start talking to other people. Like, I get that we are fiscally conservative and socially agoraphobic, but we have to start talking to other people. We have to talk to normies. I know you don't like... And not talk to them like... Tell them they're bootlickers. Like, talk to them like we actually care about them. And we have this incredibly empathetic political message based on self-ownership and non-aggression and voluntary societies. And then we hate everyone so much we don't talk to them about it. And when we do, we talk about it in such an angry way that it turns everyone off. And I'm speaking in general. There's some incredible libertarians out there that are doing amazing work. Um, but we have to start talking to people outside of our, our knitting circles that we've created for ourselves. Like we can continue 
to spend all of our time planning monthly meetings where we go to, you know, we get a a table at a restaurant or a bar or whatever and sit there and, and plan our next meeting and bitch about the government and, you know, occasionally glance at the waitress, like, when she comes by to take the order. Like, we we have to start. There are structural changes in the party that will help incentivize this, but we don't even need that. We need to talk to people. We Anyway. Anyway. There's my campaign so, update. We have to talk to people. We have just passed hour three, uh, which means yeah. for anybody who knows, we have one hour left before we get cut off. Right, right. Well, okay, so then let's do a couple things. Let's finish the last one with Chris. Finish uh, two Chris more off. with Chris, isn't it? Uh, I believe no, because we did the bonus a- AOC minute. We just have the medical minute, so let's do that, and then we'll talk about this uh, this abortion thing, and then we will, I guess, keep talking about updates until we right before we get cut off, and then we will. Uh, yeah, real quick, uh, Maine with fifty eight percent reporting. 33.9 to 33.9 with Warren getting 16.1. If someone had told you today that Maine was going to be... Politico called California. What's that? Politico called California. Oh, of course. Of course. Yeah. Because they're not even worried about the... 0% reporting. Yeah, I've, I'm sure that... Because they've already been looking at exit polls for hours. They're just not allowed to show them until after the, the polls close. They know who right. won this thing. I'm sure he, I'm sure he's going to get, like... He might get 60%, like, I, I, I or, or more, like... No no one doubted Bernie. It's, it's tough. It's tough. Like, I think he wins the popular vote, but the delegate count, I have no idea. <laughs> if and Bernie again, Sanders something... wins the delegate count... Or wins the popular vote and loses commandingly in the delegate count, you are going to see such a freaking mess, not just from Bernie Bros, but from progressives in general, who are oh, going to yeah. say, you know, we complain about the electoral college, and now look in our own system. <laughs> these are the rules that the Democratic Party can change these rules whenever they want. And they aren't doing it. They're not doing it. They aren't doing it in their own system. Because they don't want to lose boomers. Yep. That's all it is. Because boomers vote in a block. And that block is increasingly becoming Republican. And the Democratic Party knows. I mean, boomers are old. They're not going to be here forever. But they're going to be here for 20, 30 years. And they're going to vote as a block. And as they get older, they're going to vote even more as a block. They're going to become something resembling a white identity politics block of like 70, 80% Republican. If someone, either the Democrats or I don't know, maybe another party that is able to talk to people. I don't know if there, if there even is such a thing. They're going to end up being a massive Republican voting block. That does not care that Republicans aren't conservative. That does not care that Republicans are just a different flavor of Republicrat, big government, endless war, endless taxation, endless debt spend. They want their Social Security. They want their VA benefits. They want their Medicare. They want to have their problems blamed on brown people. And they want to, you know, be told, stand for the flag and bow for the cross. Kneel for the cross. Bow, kneel, whatever. Get down for the cross. 
so the polls in California, the split between early and late deciding voters is evident. Yeah. Sanders crushed Biden 41% to 18% among early deciders. Okay. Biden won late deciders 40% to 29. So it's the opposite of what I said. Yeah. <sighs> uh, 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 Joe Biden's going to win uh, Oregon. I don't, I'm not willing to say that because Portland, I, Portland is such a massive city. And I don't know how, I don't know how Oregon does it. Matt, late deciding voters split for Biden. What did you say? Two to one? 40% to 20 something? 29. Okay. So, okay. 40. So, 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 so 40 to 30. They broke for Biden in California. I, you know what? I, I don't want to say he'll win Oregon. I want to say he'll do a lot better in Oregon and Washington than is being predicted. He's going to win and, Idaho. Right. He's going to win. Which is going to give him more delegates, which is going to make it harder for Bernie to get to the 1991. Oh, Ber- Bernie's not getting 1990. Bernie's not getting 1990. I don't know if Bernie's we, getting we 1300. That, yeah. I don't know if Bernie's getting 1300 anymore. I, 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 I think there's there. You can wonder if he's going to get a thousand. I, I think that Joe Biden is going to be the nominee. I mean, we can already say he's going to be the nominee because Joe Biden's not going to walk in with 1,800 and something delegates and the and the, the establishment says, let's give it to Michael Bloomberg or Hillary Clinton or something like that. That would take them giving it to someone who isn't either Bernie or, or Biden is going to take them not coming in with very similar counts where it has to be split up right. and given to some consensus candidate that doesn't exist. If if Bur- if Biden comes in with a commanding lead just shy of the of the of the the majority, Bur- Biden's going to get it in the second round because of course he is because he's who they wanted anyway or he's one of the people they were okay with anyway and he's already right there, so I, that's going to happen. Uh, Biden's going to get the majority. I mean, look at these numbers, Matt. He has he's he completely swept Super Tuesday with the exception of California and Vermont and American Samoa and, um, oh, and Colorado and Utah. But I mean, he's <laughs> it's not sounding as powerful anymore, but no, it, it really doesn't. But, but he's, he's way overperforming. He won in Maine. He won in, well, no, he won in Massachusetts. It looks like he's going to win in Maine. He won in Minnesota. In Maine, he's up by 0.4 with two-thirds in. And Maine doesn't have... Well, yeah, I guess there's Portland, Maine. But, you know, Maine doesn't have this, like, massive population center that takes forever to count their votes or whatever. Like, it's it's a fairly mostly rural with some what we'd consider suburbs. It's their big cities, but they're not really, like, big cities. Um... I see him winning Maine, and it looks like he's going to freaking win Massachusetts. Yeah, the AP just called uh, California. Um, yeah, there's. I mean, we there. Yeah, so we don't even California have to. We don't even have to worry about Maine. Um, so okay, so let's go for let's finish the Chris stuff, and then we can talk about abortion, and then we'll revisit the other stuff. Right. Personal injury attorney Chris Reynolds here with your medical minute. So it's 
almost widely understood at this point that um, the the numbers um, for um, the coronavirus in terms of the people who have contracted it are just wildly inaccurate. Um, earlier today, we had in the United States six deaths with only 60 reported people, which is a 10% death rate, which is obviously not true. Um, and so there's clearly a lot more people out there that have it that we don't know. And I guess really my question is, should we be concerned that obviously our testing system is really bad, yes. not only for this virus, but for things in the future? Thanks. Do you want to answer this first or? No. Okay. Short answer, yes. Longer answer, yes. But with the coronavirus, it is, they call it the novel coronavirus. Uh, it wasn't like anything else. And so they actually had to create tests for this, which is why whatever numbers they're telling you in China are a total joke, um, especially since so many people get it and are either asymptomatic or have such light symptoms that they don't even feel bad and they go about their day spreading it to others because you can spread it without symptoms. Um, the good news to that is that that means that the fatality rate is almost assuredly much lower than we're being told. 2.3% is a pretty nasty fatality rate for a disease as virulent as this. To put that in perspective, that would mean 6 to 7 million Americans dying inside of a year. That's a lot of freaking Americans to die of something that was not... I mean, you know, a lot of Americans die every year. An additional 6 million that weren't expected to die is the pretty... I mean, 9-11, 3,000 people died. Multiply that by, God, why does my math suck? 2,000. And that's, yeah, 2,000 9-11s. Yeah. So it's going to be much lower than that. The fatality rate is going to be lower. And if it's, I think it's at least one order of magnitude higher, the number of people that actually have it compared to who they know have it. Just because A, so many people have it that are asymptomatic, and B, even people that are symptomatic aren't getting tested for it. They're just being treated as though they have the flu or anything else. Um, it could be even higher. It could be two. I mean, it could be a hundred times more people. We could already be experiencing a pandemic and not even realize it. I could have gotten it in New Hampshire and not even realized it. Like it, it, it could be way more prolific than we think, which the good news would mean that that means it really isn't a, you know, it's just not as deadly. It's similar to the flu death rate wise. So once we get over the panic of the whole thing, and in a year the vaccines come out, and it now it's not quite as bad as we thought. Um, but the short answer is yes. There's a there's a, a problem with the fact that even now, that the ability to test is is pretty widely available. That I can't go to a doctor and get tested for it around here, even if it took a week to get the results. I can't. I'd have to go to like Charlotte or Raleigh or something, which means I'm having to travel, thereby exposing, spreading my virus everywhere I'm going. Um, so I think it's a, it's a major challenge, but specifically with, specifically when it comes to this virus, it's, it, they call it novel for a reason. It doesn't have, it, it's only similar in that it's a type of coronavirus, but there's no way to test for it. There was no way to test for it prior to identifying it and coming up with a reactivity chain to be able to actually make a test that works. And in fact, many of the early tests had something like a 50% uh, false negative rate, which apparently 
uh, for the flu, it's not much lower. Um, so that, I mean, so there's a lot of problems, but yes, the short answer is they need to get on, on, on the, on the ball with this a little better. The other thing is that, um, when you look at the response time to this compared to H1N1, um, or SARS, even with the Chinese government doing a lot of misinformation early on and pretending it wasn't nearly as bad as it was. I mean, they, they tried claiming into the end of January that they weren't sure if it was being spread. No, uh, somewhere in like the middle of January, they were just being, they were saying that they weren't sure if it was being spread person to person, which was utter nonsense. Um, even with that, because of the speed of them able being able to map it out uh, with the genomes and, and everything else and being able to actually map it out so that there are already potential uh, vaccines being created uh, to fight it. It'll be another year plus before it's actually out on the market because they have to do safety trials. They don't want to inject everyone with something that ends up, you know, giving them monkey AIDS or something like that. But the, the um, you know, the, the, the reality is if the response had been this fast with H1N1, there would have been a lot, a lot fewer people that died from that. Conversely, if the response to this had been as slow as the response to H1N1, we'd already be experiencing a pandemic and they'd be saying, oh yeah, by the way, there's this disease going around everywhere and we don't even know how many people have it. And it's, you know, you probably are, you know, within 10, 10 miles of someone that has it. Um, so it's it, it it's definitely... Things have gotten better, but it's still it's still a big problem. Biggest problem is maybe start stop putting a bunch of animals together in wet markets and letting them aerosolize their feces around each other so that whatever zoological diseases they have can just cross mutate until it ends up passing over into humans. That might be a good idea. And wash your hands. Which wash if you hands. go to our Twitter, that's actually on there. What's that? On our Twitter. It actually says we're here to lead you into the dazzling world of libertarianism. It says that on our Facebook. We've been saying, please wash your hands since 2018. Right. We called this. Uh, (laughs) Once again, we called this. Wash your damn hands and stop touching your damn face. And I say that as someone who is having to retrain the way that I fix my glasses because I'm having to touch my face. So I'm not having to do this number and I don't do it perfectly every time. Stop touching your face. Wash your hands. Use hand sanitizer after you freaking shake someone's hands. And wash your hands and wipe down the toilet. Like, pretend. A lot of us are going to have to become a little OCD and fastidious about this. When you're out in the public, pretend that everything has coronavirus on it and act accordingly. Like, that's a good way to do it. And I say that as someone who is immunocompromised and is planning to go to conventions in different states and shake people's hands and hug them. Going to be uh, Howie Mandel. I, you know what? People are asking me what I'm going to wear because Vermin's wearing a boot. I may wear a freaking N100 respirator with the filters on it and a hazmat suit. And everyone's going to, oh, that gimmick's funny. I'll be like, yeah, ah, yeah, no, it's hilarious. Yeah, that's what, why I'm doing it. It's definitely why I'm doing it because of the humor. Right definitely why i'm doing it but no i personally think this thing is going to end up being somewhat more deadly than the flu but not 20 times as deadly or whatever but way more virulent because it lasts so much longer so even though the flu can aerosolize i believe coronavirus this coronavirus 
can stay on stuff for as much as nine days and people can spread it while being asymptomatic for as much as two weeks. And some people are saying it's even longer than that, which means there's no effective way to stop people other than mandating that everyone stay indoors, which would destroy society. I mean, raise your hand if you have enough stuff to live on in your house for two weeks without going outside. Um, so do you want to, Oh, go ahead. Side note. Uh, the Republican primary for U S Senate in Alabama is over for now. Uh, Jeff Sessions and Tommy Tuberville will advance to a March 31st runoff and then they will face Doug Jones. Uh, Elizabeth Warren has already announced that she is remaining in, even though she got shellacked tonight. Uh, Oh, she's not going anywhere. She is delusionally, of the belief that she's native American, that she, <laughs> she that with the winds of her ancestors are going to carry her to the nominee. She is convinced. I think that she's going to waltz in there with like 87 delegates and, you know, or some ridiculously no low number of delegates and convince. And if, if no one gets the, the majority of candidates that she's going to be able to waltz in there and be like, Oh Yeah. Uh, I'm the consensus candidate because I'm a progressive, but I don't scare people like Bernie because as evidenced by the fact that I came way in third, like Pete Buttigieg still has more delegates than her. Um, so I, yeah, I don't, I don't think she's, or she knows what she's doing. She knows that she's taking votes from Bernie and she's hoping Biden remembers that. And picks her as his VP, which is also possible. Be. Yeah, that could be. In America, how Bloomberg, much? on the other hand, announced that he is going to take a look at his campaign tomorrow. Five hundred million for American Samoa. Not a great investment. If Bloomberg gets out of this. Oh, it's over. It's over. It's over. Bloomberg's not pulling votes from Bernie. Mm -mm. I mean, maybe 10% of his, if that. How was Bloomberg polling in New York? I don't know. I'm gonna pull, let me pull that, that up because so currently pledged delegates. Joe Biden has 313. Bernie has 210. And again, a lot of this is going to change. Buttigieg, 26, Bloomberg, 23, Warren, 19. God, she's losing Bloomberg, and she's staying in. Klobuchar, 7, <laughs> and Tulsi, Tulsi Gabbard on the board with one. Boop, boop, boop. Doesn't that qualify her for the next debate or something? Oh, God, that'd be amazing. Could you I, imagine I, I think I think back? someone said that uh, anyone that had at least one delegate from – I may have misread that. 
Um, I don't. I, I honestly don't know. I haven't been paying attention to the rules of the debate in a while. By the way, the Dow plunged. Well, that was yesterday. Seven hundred more points. So I'm not sure what it went up today, but I bet it wasn't twenty seven hundred points or whatever. It, no, it was be- like twelve seventy or something. Yeah, it's not. That's that's called a bull trap, guys. That's people saying, "Oh, those those deals are a bargain." Um. Um, Hold on, I'm trying to pull up the the. There was something in here I saw that I wanted to talk about, but it updated on me. Yeah, that's how it happens. Oh, so with Maine. With Maine, this is actually not important, but interesting. The reason nobody is able to calculate this is because Biden was so far out of the realm of anything anybody thought was going right going in Maine yeah. that there are no models for it. They yeah. don't know what towns are voting for Biden. Yep. This They're is, figuring it out as it's coming yeah. in. There's no they said it broke their prediction model. Their prediction model made over either ten thousand or a hundred thousand predictions. What's that? That was Minnesota that broke it, right? Minnesota broke it. Massachusetts, it was our. It was just, yeah. yeah no, Minnesota but, broke it. Uh, it had no predictions for that. Like you said, it wouldn't even let you make that choice. Um, right. And Massachusetts, I'm sure, would just made the computer stop turning on. Um, I'm trying yep. to find a. I'm going to try to show this to the people who are watching us right now. This is how the layout is of. Maine on who is winning. So you can see that Bernie is winning in the big suburban areas like Banger and Portland. I actually just had to look because I don't know Maine. That Banger, well. Maine. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew that. Yeah, I, I knew Portland. I'm thinking, and it's funny because my uncle used to live there in Bangor. Anyway, go ahead. And Biden is winning everywhere else. Biden is taking the folksy crowd. He is taking that route. Mm-hmm. He is, and it's working. And it's working for him, even with all of his gaffes, even mm-hmm. with all of the issues that he has. Trying to remember that Super Tuesdays on a Tuesday. He, I have, oh, go ahead. Biden resonates with people the same way that Trump resonated with people. In a way, Bernie can't. I, are you saying Biden resonates with people or Bernie resonates with people? Biden. Biden resonates with the rural people. Which is interesting. Bernie resonates with... I live in the city. I'm a progressive. I'm a progressive. Biden resonates with everybody else. I, Everyone else, he, he, Bernie, Bernie's main group is college educated, white, uh, urban people like sophisticates under the age of 40, under the age of 40. And again, that doesn't mean he doesn't have older supporters or black supporters or what. Like generally speaking, that's who he has. Biden has everyone else. Matt, I'd like to share with you an interesting poll series of polls in the New York Democrat presidential primary. The last poll was done between the 16th and the 20th of February. So this would have been before Bloomberg had his disastrous performance in the debates. 
which ultimately, by the way, ended his campaign. Bloomberg had a real, th- these results showed that prior to Bloomberg just cratering in that debate, he actually had a shot at this thing that yeah. most of us probably wouldn't have given him. He actually had a shot. He screwed himself there. He, he could have done it. He could have at least done well enough to split enough votes to walk in and, and make his case that he's a multi-billionaire, so give me the nomination. Um, he screwed himself there with an absolutely t- disastrous polling result. So the last poll, how many points do you think it had Sanders up by uh, the 16th to the 20th of February? 17. Four. Whoa. Sanders, 25. Bloomberg, 21. Biden, 13. Warren, 11. Buttigieg, 9. Klobuchar, 9. And Gabbard, 1. I think Joe Biden's going to win New York. Especially if Bloomberg drops out. Especially if Bloomberg drops out. Maybe I'm reading this wrong, folks. In this poll, uh, Sanders was ahead of Biden by 12 points, 25 to 13. We have seen that almost all of Buttigieg and Klobuchar's supporters have completely fallen in line behind Biden. That's how he just did what no one expected him to do. The fact that late deciders in California decided, what, 40 to 30 or 40 to 29 to go with Biden, which was the opposite of what I would have thought, that you know they would, they would coalesce behind Bernie to give him one last shot. No, they were already coalescing around the presumed frontrunner. Bloomberg has already hurt his campaign quite a bit and is apparently possibly dropping out. In which case, which he would endorse Biden in a heartbeat. I think that's what's going to happen. If Bloomberg drops out and endorses Biden, then I don't see any any possibility of Bernie coming back from that. Unless Biden just dies or I don't even know what, like what, what talks about children rubbing his legs under the pool. Like, I mean, what else can, very similar to Trump, what else can this man say? Not know which race he's running for, not be able to quote the first sentence of the Declaration of Independence. Like, what else can this guy do other than just start dropping the N-bomb unironically with the hard R? Just repeatedly, like do like a, a, um, oh, what's that guy's name? Oh, oh, Michael. Oh man, man. Michael uh, Michael Richards, you know, just doing a set where he just screams the N word over and over again with the hard R. What? Is there anything short of something insane like or, or dying that you can see Biden doing at this point to halt his own momentum? He seems like he's done everything he possibly could. Uh, no, he has done absolutely everything that he possibly could. Um, and you have two of the most that that'll be Joe Biden and Donald Trump, two of the most gaff-tastic foot-in-mouth politicians. So. <laughs> Real quick update before we move on. Uh, in Maine, uh-huh. tied up 33.6 with 59% reporting. In Texas, uh oh. 
a one point, <laughs> one point differential between them. Uh, also, apparently the buzz today was that Kamala Harris was going to be endorsing Biden. Uh-huh. And she didn't show up. And well, the, now the she question, looks like an idiot. Well, no. So the question is, was she waiting to see if Joe Mentum was real or I'm willing to bet she endorses him tomorrow. Exactly. And, and tomorrow. loses and loses all the clout she could have gotten from doing this. Cause now you're endorsing, you know, someone as they're doing their victory lap, as opposed to endorsing them and being able to say, I was one of the people who stood behind. Right. Because Kamala if Harris, you, even on though paper, we argued so much on live TV, all these people argued with each other about how how terrible each other is. But no, you're right. I mean, it, it, I mean, she's the one who was the first body blow to his campaign with the "I was that little girl," which she was not. Um, but you know, I was that little girl, and you did what? And he just like, you were that little. I don't remember. Like that was his Michael Bloomberg moment, which he apparently. I mean, it looked like he wasn't going to recover from unless you talked to me and Matt who said that this was all going to turn around after South Carolina. But what do we know? We're just watching. We, the freaking computers couldn't have predicted this. Yeah. There is... Compute, the we, computers would not let me pick who I wanted to in certain we races. We were telling the computer, computer, this is what's going to happen. No, cannot happen. Impossible. Now, I did not see Massachusetts. I did not. Or Maine. Massachusetts or Maine? I admit Miss those. Did not, did not think those. Minnesota, I hadn't thought about it, but if someone had asked me and I actually spent some time on it, I would have said, I think he's going to win it now because Klobuchar yeah. endorsed him and she was going to win it. There were a lot of people that, I remember there was someone who said, you know, don't just want all of the, you know, if you're against Bernie, you want to have a bunch of people in the race because the models are showing that if their people dropped out, that Bernie would end up leading Biden or Bloomberg by, you know, 10, 15%. That assume, that was asking people a question on a telephone. That was not those people dropping out and endorsing Biden and showing up with them at a rally. And you've got all this emotion invested in Buttigieg, Klobuchar, uh, you know, who, Beto, whoever you were supporting, and now they're standing up on stage with Joe Biden telling you why you should vote for him instead. Right. And we're seeing the results of that right now. So Texas is now, and that's with how many percent reporting? 42% in. Now it's less than a point differential. From the that's time interesting because mine, I'm looking at 47% in Texas, and Biden still has, or Bernie still has a three point lead. Hmm. So you're seeing 42% and and Biden is down by 0.7. So look, that all this really means about Texas is this is not being decided tonight. We are not going to know who wins Texas tonight. It doesn't look like it, no. We might not know who wins Maine, which I would have assumed that was... I figured that one was done. I figured that would be Bernie versus... You know, Bernie and then Warren in second and then Biden, you know, behind Bloomberg. I did not. Yeah. I mean, this is what we've been predicting for quite some time, Matt. It is. I mean, and 
we have been calling Joe Biden's going to be the nominee for a while, and there's still a chance that he's not. But everything about this points to the fact that, yes, it will be. Yep. By the way, in California, now it's only with 8% in, but Bernie's got 27%, Bloomberg 19%, Biden 17%. So he's going to win California. He's going to not, he might not get a majority of those delegates. Yeah. It's looking like he's not going to get a majority of those delegates. So that's, yeah, yeah, he won California, but in terms of delegates, this is... This is going to be, a lot of these races are going to be a lot closer than we all thought. Oh, uh, breaking news, Cher has endorsed Joe Biden. I saw that. I wasn't even going to say it. (laughs) I mean, you know, why not? Um, Um, All right, Let's talk about Supreme Court real quick. Supreme Court. And you know more about I'll let you lead on this because you know way more about this than I do. So the Supreme Court tomorrow is going to be hearing a landmark abortion case. Okay. Um, uh, June Medical Services is suing Russo. The case, sorry, uh, June Medical Services versus Russo. It's formerly versus Gee. Uh, June Medical Services is challenging a 2014 law, Act 620, stating that no one can gain access to abortion without uh, a note from a physician. Actually, that's wrong. Uh, I typed that incorrectly. Back in, um, the law requires doctors performing abortions to get admitting privileges at a hospital within 30 miles of the clinic. Right. Admitting privileges gives an outpatient doctor the right to admit patients to a hospital and treat them if any emergency occurs. So that way, if somebody is having an abortion and something goes wrong, the abortion doctor can take them to a local hospital where they can get treated Right by the abortion doctor. Many hospitals will not give in Louisiana. I'm going to, I'm going to preface this in Louisiana. Many hospitals will not give, abortion doctors admitting access because their their fundraising would dry up yeah right exactly because their fundraising would dry up yeah now there was a law very similar to this back in 2016 in texas whole women's health versus hellerstedt it was very similar almost to the letter similar uh june medical services is claiming that the law creates an undue burden on abortion access. And that was how the Supreme court ruled with Texas, right? Yeah. They ruled against the law. They did. They did rule against the law. Okay. Um, Many people in Louisiana fear that this, that this law will close two of the three abortion clinics left in the entire state of Louisiana. In February, the Louisiana Supreme court ruled that the idea that providers have difficulty obtaining admitting privileges ruled that the idea that provider abortion providers have difficulty obtaining admitting privileges and claim that their law does not force clinic closures. Right. So Louisiana, which has more abortion restriction than any other state in the nation, 89 separate laws. One of them is a 24-hour waiting period after requesting. Oh, wow. 
Um, so since, man, these notes are all out of order. Since 2016, when the Texas law, when uh, whole women's health versus Hellerstedt, since then, the shape of the Supreme Court has changed a little. Not as much as people think it has. Not nearly as much as people think, but it has changed a little. You've got Neil Gorsuch taking the place of Antonin Scalia. And then you've got everybody's favorite justice, Bert, Bert, Brett, Brett Kavanaugh, replacing Anthony Kennedy. And that's where the big change is. Now it leans conservative as opposed to the liberal court that it was before this and specifically on this law like brett kavanaugh actually votes a lot the same that kennedy would not on abortion though not on abortion though gorsuch might be a a surprise anyway go ahead go ahead there um since this law was first put into effect in 2014 it's gone through a lot of turmoil uh, after the Texas ruling, it ended Act 620 in April of 2017. Louisiana challenged this law, and somehow, some way, the Fifth Circuit reversed the ruling in September of 18. Then it moved up to the Supreme Court, and in February of 19, the Supreme Court put a temporary stay on the law. So for the last year, this law has been kind of resting to the side with the people from June medical services, trying to make sure that they continue to uh, fight it in May of 20 or sorry, May. Yeah. May of 19, Louisiana seemed to have found a loophole with the third party with third party standing stating that abortion providers cannot challenge the law in the first place because they are not the patient it would be affecting. <laughs> this changes the landscape of this argument forever. Right. Abortion providers, Planned Parenthood, women's clinics all over the world, or sorry, all over the country are the biggest reason that abortion cases get challenged. Yeah, you're not going to see... I mean, you'll see some class action activity from from women who want or wanted to get abortions, but the 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 juggernaut behind challenging this stuff are the providers, are the the health the the uh, the, the medical providers and the the abortion providers, namely Planned Parenthood. Yeah. So the state is actually questioning whether. An abortion provider is allowed to argue on behalf of the person actually impacted because Roe versus Wade was an individual challenging law and oh. not a law on business. This case is not only going to rule on Act 620 in Louisiana, it would probably reverse Texas's, but whether or not a third party like an abortion clinic can challenge state law since they themselves are not the patients who are being affected by the law. That will be a huge, I can't even this, comprehend. This is a huge, huge case for both sides of the abortion argument. It's a huge case in general, because if you decide that a third party can't lit, can't, you know, contest something in court, a lot of lobby groups are going to be done because their whole thing, this would challenge the ACLU. Would it not? 
Yeah. I, I, I believe so. Like it's hard. It's legitimately I mean, I, hard I, to I, say all of the people this could. The this ACLU could would have to find specific people that were affected by. And, and those people would have to sue. That is interesting. My prediction here is that the court's going to punt on the question of third party challenges just because it's so game changing and that they're going to, I think, rule in favor of the act. Um, so it will change that. I don't, I don't see this court. This court is very like, even in its current makeup, doesn't want to like do these massive game changes like this. I don't see them ruling that a third party, either they'll punt on it or they'll say no, a third party can, you know, cause that's the status quo right now. Do you see the Supreme Court ruling that third parties can't challenge state laws? So there is a law saying that you can't unless you are affected by the law. But it's whether or not the Supreme Court sees them as being affected. Them as being affected. But because Roe versus Wade is about an individual's right to choose they are not individuals. Mm. So then it wouldn't really affect ACLU because ACLU can say it because they're usually dealing with like freedom of speech cases and freedom right. of expression yes. and stuff like that, right. where they're right. saying this affects us as well because of our freedom of speech. But where this is specifically individuals choosing to get abortions for a third party to say, well, yeah, we provide those abortions. The court. Oh, wow. Yeah. So what you're going to see is you'll see third parties. God, what was the name of that movie? Uh, Citizen Ruth, I think is the name of that movie. Uh, It stars Laura Dern. It was an indie movie back in the 90s. Um, And in it, she is a homeless, glue-sniffing drug addict. I think she's homeless. It's been a while. Um, And she gets pregnant, and she becomes the face of the pro-life, pro-choice movement both sides of it because the pro-lifers are trying to get her to keep the baby and the pro-choicers are trying to get her to, uh, well, to make her own choice. But later one of the guys offers her money to get an abortion just to prove a point. Um, and that caused a huge thing. But anyway, um, that's actually a huge plot point of that entire movie. Then now it's spoiled for everybody. Uh, <laughs> with no warning. With no warning. Cause I wasn't even thinking when I was word vomiting that, um, <laughs> But the entire thing is about sort of what will start happening. You're going to start seeing clinics finding people to sue the system. They'll have to. They'll have to. They'll have to. 100% have to. Because they're not going to simply just roll over and let this happen. They'll just have to roll with it. And so you'll be seeing these like class actions from women who had to and then the optics of that, women going into court with their babies saying they didn't want to have them. Yep. This is a huge, huge law, and there's going to be a huge, huge ruling on this. One way or the other, it's going to be huge. Because even, huge. If, they, because even if they punt back to the state, 
that was huge. Like, there's nothing that maintains the status quo here. Something major is happening. Right. That's going to be... Even if it's just letting you know, letting letting it expire or, you know, refusing to see it or whatever and letting the Fifth Circuit uh, ruling stand. Wow. That would be incredible. So we've got uh, some comments here. Serotonin uh, is not having a good night. Uh, she from, is not having a good night. She's not. Um, I I saw that and I didn't. Yeah, she's not having a good day. Robin, Do- Robin Dominic says uh, Biden resonates with people who are clinically dead, which is true. Yeah. Um, also said if she could turn back time, reference to Cher, I'm sure. Um, or maybe to that woman that wanted to have an abortion. Um, it's it, This is so, guys, this has what I'm enjoying about this night, besides the pure entertainment value of what's happening. Oh, this is. This is gold. This is. I'm enjoying the reality that we've been saying something very similar to this was going to happen for over a year. And everyone, oh, you know, you don't get it. You don't get it. The computers didn't know this was going to happen. We knew a year ago this was going to happen. And it wasn't some like dumb prediction we said this was going to happen because of the exact things that are happening right now this wasn't some like lucky shot into i don't know biden i'm gonna go with biden because i don't know what the hell i'm talking we have articulated for countless hours about why this was gonna happen and here we are joe biden at this point is the presumptive nominee He's definitely the front runner, and I don't He's think anyone. He is definitely the front runner. No yeah. one, no one, can claim otherwise. Joe Biden, with late decide. Here is some interesting data, folks. Joe Biden with late decide. Let me, in fact, let me pull this up so you can actually see it, because this is magic. Let me pull this up so you can actually see this. Are you looking at the late versus early? Yeah. Yeah. Late deciders, guys. Joe Biden completely swept the deck on late deciders. Which means that... And Joe Biden's not a late deciders kind of guy. Mm-hmm. He He's someone that people would go, hey, you know what, I don't really like Joe. I'll go with Bernie or Peter. This is what, co- this is what coalescing looks like. It looks like people completely abandoning their first 32 negative 32% in Maine and Vermont for uh Bernie. That isn't that is people who supported Bernie who were saying, you know what? This thing is done. Let's go ahead and vote for Joe Biden. And they were doing this on the strength of Joe Biden winning one state. And having a couple of and having two of the nominee, two of the candidates, thirty years, yeah, one state in thirty years, and then having two of his opponents uh, endorse him and drop out and endorse him, and then a third who dropped out a year ago endorse him or months ago endorse him. That's on the strength of that. What do you think late deciders are going to look like from now on? Oh yeah. On the strength of him winning. All those damn states. 
Mm-hmm. Like, this is pure geek magic right here because that just shows you what just happened. Why the computers were wrong and these two handsome, handsome gentlemen have been right all along. And why you need to just start listening to us when we tell you what to do. Um, Maybe throw some money our way on Anchor. Yeah, please. Um, Sanders margin down to 1.4% in Texas per Decision Desk HQ. And the difference in Maine is roughly 90 votes. So you're looking at a recount. Yeah, yeah. That close. You are looking at a recount. Sanders margin now down to 1.4 percentage points in Texas. Joe Biden's going to win Texas. Not Which, by a lot. Like, so delegate-wise, yeah, it's not going to Delegates, not going to matter. It's not going to matter, delegate-wise. But, but winning states is narrative. Yes. It's bragging rights. Winning states is narrative. To be able to say, I won... Hang on, let me go back up. He is going to be able to say, I won Virginia, I won North Carolina, I possibly won... Well, I won Massachusetts, Maine, I don't know... Oklahoma, Alabama, Tennessee, Arkansas, Minnesota. He is going to be able to say he won those. Possibly Texas. Maybe Maine. Here's what's happening in Texas. You're exactly right. You're exactly right. Here's what's happening in Texas. These folks are still waiting to vote right now. Their their polling booths closed. But they were already in line. And they are waiting and they are, I don't think, and now this is meanwhile, this is one station, but it's in, it's in Houston, which is a, a largely, you know, has very large numbers of, of black and Hispanic people. Is that in Houston? Yeah, this is in Houston. Yeah. They're saying voters are still waiting in line. Or okay. Texas voters specifically in Houston. They are all black and Hispanic. Yep. I'm telling you right now, at least 60% of the people in that crowd are voting for Joe Biden. So I think Joe has won Texas or will win Texas. And it's gonna be it's gonna be close. It's gonna be very close. We're yeah, talking yeah, yeah. possibly equal delegates. Yep. But yep. again, to be able to say that you won Virginia, North Carolina, Texas, Massachusetts, <coughs> Maine, Oklahoma, Alabama, Tennessee, Arkansas, Minnesota. One, two, three. Wait, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. To say you won ten of fourteen. 15, 15, 16, 17, 10, 10 of 15 or whatever, however many places voted today. I think 15 to say you won 10 of 15 when Friday, the Friday before you weren't, yeah, you were expected to maybe win one, but you're going to get some delegates from coming in at like 20% in a bunch. Yeah. Yep. It, this completely changed on what we said would happen. As soon as it went to black voters and people who weren't paying attention, 
Joe Biden. Let me show you another graphic. Biden is winning among voters who said they want to beat Trump. Now, look at the numbers here. Biden's ahead in 37 to 24. No, th 37 to 25 for people who say their, their number one issue is beating Trump, electability beating Trump. Sanders is doing way better than Biden on agree you know that the most important thing because they asked two questions what is the most important thing for you know who you who you want to you know why who you who you're choosing to vote for and it was either beating trump or whether you agree with them the most on the issues for the ones who said the most important thing was that they agree on the issues with the candidate they overwhelmingly almost two to one picked sanders over biden for the ones who said that the most important thing is that Biden is, is that they beat Trump. Biden beat Sanders, but only by 12 points. The reason that that matters so much more is look at the top there. Nearly two thirds of voters care more about beating Trump than they do about agreeing with the candidate. That's why Biden's winning is because they perceive Bi Biden as being the one who can win. Even if they agree with Bernie Sanders more. That is why... Where's that? Where's that? Hold on. Sorry, I'm hoping I'm not making anyone sick with it. That is why the late breakers are going for Biden. Not because they agree with him more than they do with Bernie, even though some of them do. Well, no, the late breakers, probably most of those late breakers agree more with Bernie, but they want to beat Trump and that's more important to them. This is Joe Biden's race now. Which we predicted so damn long ago. Yeah, it was like last February. It was la It was like a, a year ago. And if you would ask me what was going to happen a year before that, I would have said the same thing. Or pretty much as soon as Biden was in the race, I'd say Biden's going to get it. He was Barack Obama's vice president. Do not be surprised if Obama endorses him in the next couple weeks. Don't Equally, don't be surprised if Obama doesn't do a thing until Joe gets the the majority of delegates. Because Biden, Obama's not a big, like, big risk taker in general. Especially for sticking his neck out for someone else. Right. And there's an argument to be made that there's no reason for him to even have to do it because Biden's winning it on the strength of his own performance. Um, which is hilarious. Because uh, his performance is terrible. Um, but he's winning it. But I also, there's a part of me that could see Obama wanting to be seen as a kingmaker. And going and even though it's already a foregone conclusion at this point, am I am I wrong in that? That there's a possibility that Obama might want to be seen as a kingmaker, and uh, you absolutely no, you're not wrong. Yeah, he absolutely like, like, wants to be seen as that. But I think that's a big reason on why he doesn't endorse anybody because if they lose, he will be seen as not. Oh, okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I mean, once. Biden gets the majority of delegates, which at this point I think is the most likely thing to happen. Then I see I don't I don't see Obama necessarily waiting till the primary to endorse him if he's already gotten the the majority or, or, or to the convention to endorse him. If he's already gotten the majority of delegates, that means he wins. So I right. could see Obama doing it then. But I could see if it's getting if it's where it's like he's just like a hop, skip, and a jump away from it. I could see Obama just jumping in and saying, "I'm with Joe," and that. Yeah, if it if it's if it's really like if it's if it's well on and there's no shot of it well, not happening yeah yeah right then yes he will absolutely do it 
But that will further right. underscore the Bernie bro argument that, you know, every, you know, the only reason Biden got it was because, you know, the establishment pulled out every stop for Bernie, which at that point will not be the case. But that's what they're going to say. And it matters what you uh, perceive. So we only have about four minutes left. Before yeah. We OK. So we should probably uh, start wrapping up. Let's wrapping it up. So, guys, thanks again for tuning in. Uh, we will update you, you on California. No, I don't. Uh, but uh, um, I might be going live this week, uh, or not next. Oh, I'm going to be on Enemy of the States uh, Dank Pod Stash talking about the campaign, convincing a bunch of agorist anarchists that they should vote for Vermin Supreme just to piss everyone off. And uh, I'll be doing that on. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm I'm being interviewed on Sunday or Monday, but I don't know when it's going to air. Probably sometime next week. Um, but sh- be sure to tune in next week for the Money Waters of Freedom, where we will tell you who won California. Uh, uh, or who, how many delegates they got in California. And we'll tell you one, Texas. Um, uh, Matt, if someone were to look for us on the internet, uh, how would they even do that? Uh, if they wanted to look for us on the internet, you could head on over to Facebook at facebook.com slash muddiedwatersmedia. You can go over to Twitter at twitter.com slash muddied underscore waters. You can hit up float at float.app slash muddiedwatersmedia. You can find all of our audio at anchor at anchor.fm slash muddied waters on YouTube. You can find us at youtube.com slash muddied waters media and on Instagram at muddied waters media. And you can find this and every episode at muddied waters media. Well, that is magical huh. guys. Yeah. Muddywatersmedia.com. And also follow me on Twitter. If you want to follow my campaign shenanigans, uh, Twitter at real spike Cohen, uh, and Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash literally Spike Cohen. Um, so guys, thanks again for tuning in. We will see you next week. And where we're going, we don't need roads.
Oh, you're so beautiful. 